This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is going on, everyone? Happy Friday and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Double game day edition today. Big one for the Bombers hosting the Toronto Argonauts tonight. 7 p.m., not the 7.30 normal start. Heads up, Bomber fans. Get there in time. I know they're going to welcome Andrew Harris back at the beginning of the of the, uh, of the game. Lots of uh, things planned for the game tonight. But yeah, 7 o'clock start for the Bombers. And at the same time, the Winnipeg Jets, or a number of players that uh, probably won't end up being Winnipeg Jets, will wear Jets jerseys in Ottawa against the Ottawa Senators. Um, We will have Ken Weeb jump on for the latest around the Jets as the countdown continues to the beginning of the regular season. We'll set up tonight's Bomber Argo Tilt with Eddie Tate of BlueBombers.com coming up as well. And of course, it's Friday afternoon. That means two things. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton in his NFL notebook. And of course, the WST Marble Race. Make sure to be with us just after 2.45 when we open up registration. You do have to be subscribed to the channel to be eligible to win one of our world-famous WST hoodies. So uh, don't wait any longer. Hit that subscribe button right now. Help us get to 10,000 by opening day. And while you're at it, hit the thumbs up too, folks, if you would just be so kind. Lots to get to, including a massacre Day one at the Ryder Cup. We'll touch on that. Uh, but just before we bring in Michael Remus and get the party started, a big thanks to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day. Our friends at Cool Bet, big NFL lock shop just dropped with myself and Dustin Nielsen. Subscribe to the podcast or go over to the Edmonton Sports Talk page for today's lock shop. Of course, our friends at Princess Auto ready for the game tonight. Consolidated Supply. BP Royal Sports, Little Brown Jug. Don't forget, 1919 is available at the stadium this evening. Nick and Nikki DQ, F Apparel, Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Aquatech, Modern Man. And we will get to a why not question of the day for our friends at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Uh, let's get Michael Remus in here. Remo, what's up? Have you warmed up from uh, the uh, Hockey for All Center today? Still cold. We were at, um, hey, I think we're wearing the same thing. We were at, um, <laughs> we were at the skate this morning, taking a look at Nikolai Ehlers in a regular jersey, Cole Perfetti back with the main group, and it's cold in there. I saw uh, Rennie didn't want to go in the arena. He was watching through the glass. Should have done that. I'm still cold. I'm even drinking. I came and made coffee. Like I'm still. Freezing, so it's cold there. Hockey for all. We did it last Friday um, when we had Sarah on at in the empty rink, but this was uh, with the ice out and even colder. So I'm trying my best here, but nice to see I you here that on a Friday. Bad. You're you're exceptionally delicate, I think, because I didn't find it that absurdly cold or anything today. But um, it was freezing. Hey, I thought it was cold. It affects different people. Get ready for winter then, pal, because it's going to get a lot colder than that very, very soon. That being said, it's nice tonight. How are we looking? Let's do a little WWT, Winnipeg Weather Talk. How are we looking for this game tonight? Uh, High at 23, mainly sunny, although it's kind of overcast right now. So uh, pretty nice night for a football game in late September. And the weekend's looking pretty nice too. 23 and mainly sunny tomorrow. 
How about Sunday? A mix of sun and cloud and 26 degrees. Oh, 27 over on that site. So, uh, yeah, What's nice, the, yeah. nice few days coming up. What site are you on, bro? What's what's your favorite weather I just, app? What, uh, well, you... I've got the link. I got the weather network or whatever, the app on my phone. Mm. But on my desktop, I've just got the Environment Canada. Um, I'm on. Official Government of Canada, weather, environment and national resources, weather information. Oh, I'm on weathernetwork.com. Shout out to Theo Seegers, who notes that Corey, who was on with us last week wearing short sleeves in the rink was also wearing short sleeves at the skate today. So it's a call back to last Friday's show where it was very, very cold, very cold. Yeah. Corey, short sleeves, Corey, uh, he, uh, he, well, he a lot tougher than Michael Remus when it comes to temperatures. Yes. I think we can all, we can all, uh, pretty much get to, uh, get to that conclusion from all of this. Hey, before we, before we get into anything, um, some of you may be surprised to see me here thinking that I was in Italy. I did do a tweet last night that was, I think, misinterpreted by pretty much everyone. Um, I was up relatively late last night looking, uh, waiting for the start of the Ryder Cup. And the Ryder Cup is a wild uh, event. You have thousands of people at the gates waiting for it to open, and then everybody runs in and gets into you know, the grandstands around the first tee. So I was sort of reminiscing about how much fun it was being in that exact spot two years ago at Whistling Straits. I was just going through some of the pictures on my phone. So I just threw one out from that saying, there's nothing like the first tee at the Ryder Cup. Well, I was kind of doing that for people that were watching it in real time Everything is done up under the home European team. This is, I, I, to me, this was clearly not the same event, albeit Ryder Cup, but it was in the USA. I got up to over 100 notifications. That's amazing. I just saw you at the game on Wednesday over and over. So <laughs> I was not trying to misrepresent myself actually at the Ryder Cup. It was more a uh, reminiscing tweet and just something about how cool that, seen before the opening day of the Ryder Cup was. I would love to have been there. I still plan on bucket listing a Europe Ryder Cup at some point, having seen a couple here in North America. But I'm going to be at the Bomber game tonight. Uh, we'll be following the Jets. Too much going on right now with WST to uh, take off for a week, even if it would be to Italy for something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and that is see this great event uh, overseas. So, um, I just figured I'd address that because there was no way I was going to be able to tweet back everyone that tweeted about being in uh, <laughs> being in Italy this morning. Yeah, I saw Paul Edmonds at uh, at the skate today, and he's like, "Hey, hustlers at the Ryder Cup." I'm like, "Oh no, that's an old, you know, who Johnny Manziel <laughs> once said, the wise man once said, pictures can be old. That was his <laughs> yes. famous line. I don't know if anyone remembers that." And uh, you going through the camera roll, putting out this old pick. I do remember when you went. That was that was fun uh, following your experience uh, on Twitter at that time. And I know many up late watching Ryder Cup uh, like yourself. And credit to you having it on your phone at the Hockey for All Center while watching Jets practice called multitasking. It, it, it was. Uh, you know what? I, listen, I don't say too many nice things about the massive company that used to own our station and then sent us all packing. However, 
this Bell Five TV app. I mean, if it's you are best. someone that if you are someone that still subscribes yeah. to cable, uh, and listen, I think most people know he, he's the CTO. I am not. I'm way behind on a lot of these things, but it was so easy when I finally figured out how to get this damn thing on my phone, and all you do is log in with whatever information you have that identifies you as that customer. And then you can literally get your entire package of channels on your phone at any time. And it has been a huge, huge game changer. And uh, I mean, listen, I was not watching while I was driving, but I did sync it up to my, uh, up to my, uh, the, uh, the car and you can actually listen to it. I mean, I guess if someone else was in the car, they could be watching it as well. But I did get the audio on the way back. Uh, quick update on Ryder Cup. Uh, a massacre. An absolute massacre. Uh, 4 nothing in the first round. And then the USA looked to potentially be getting maybe up to two and a half points. Ended up lo- or losing the final hole uh, in a couple of the matches. They did not win any. There were three half matches. Europe wins another one. It's six and a half to one and a half after the first day. One of the largest leads in Ryder Cup history and uh, the Europeans are it well in front and uh, I think I don't want to say it's panic time for Zach Johnson's team but it doesn't look very good um, we'll, uh, later on when we get to the cool bet lines I sh- we should have matchups for tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's game so we'll do that and um, we do have the CFL partner parlay by the way is just up right now as well as everything else we just cooked up for NFL so you can get that all in the uh, in the cool bet exclusives. We'll hit that later on in the program. Um, Remo, we're going to talk about this football game with Eddie Tate. Really looking forward to that in about ten minutes or so. Um, but let's get to the latest on the Jets. And of course, we were down at practice today. I was hoping that it would start a little earlier so we could have gotten into the room. And I don't think we were going to do any hard hitting Big J journalism. But I was hoping to maybe get Kyle Connor and a couple of the other guys to give a review of the Morgan Wallen concert last night, which uh, I think is part of the reason why the practice was a little bit later than it was originally scheduled for. Yeah, it was at 9.15. I was like, great, good timing for us. We can go and maybe go to the room and get have enough time to get ready for the show. But it was going to be such a tight squeeze, we had to leave, and they did change it to 10. A lot of the guys at the Morgan Wallen concert last night, and I'm still blown away. Like, I'm not a... Morgan Wallen, I don't couldn't tell you one song, but um, blown away by the cost of the tickets and the demand for the show. We were talking to Austin uh, with the Moose, and he was saying how it was, the crowd was saying every word to every song, so it sounded like an incredible experience, and a lot of the Jets players did uh, did take it in, so they pushed the practice back uh, to ten, and oh, Nikolai Ehlers shedding the yellow jersey. In the in the white and Cole Perfetti alongside him as well. After, I think that was more precautionary than anything. Like the hit, like he took an elbow to the head. I didn't think it was the hardest elbow. I'm not gonna sit here and judge, but it wasn't like the hardest elbow. And they said he wasn't in concussion protocol, so they you know, look. They did some tests. He's fine, good to go, and great to see that line back together. And we hope to see them, uh, you know, in the preseason, as you know, we hadn't really been able to because Ehlers, we all know, 17 minutes in, he had to leave. And uh, so nice to see them going. They're part of the non-game group because there is a game tonight. Yeah, there is. Uh, we were talking to Paulie Edmonds, and I guess the uh, – well, they're in the air right now. They were moving on up to uh, – they were taking off at about 12.15. Uh, and this is a long day for, uh, for Paul and everybody 
involved in this game tonight um, because they basically fly right in, straight to the rink, play the game, get back on the plane, and get back to Winnipeg. So as often happens, as often happens, you'll have the uh, most of the regulars sitting things out. Here's how things look. This is who will be representing the Jets tonight. Uh, LB and Colin Delia will be the goalies. I think Loren Brassois is uh, scheduled to start. The lines look like this. Morgan Barron along with Ford on the wings with Gus in the middle. Chaz Lucius centering Hark and Christian Reichel. Dominic Toninato centering Jeff Malott and Axel Janssen Fialbi. And then Brad Lambert's getting into another game with Torgerson and Viel on his wing. As far as the blue line goes, very young blue line. Uh, Chis- uh, Chisholm and Hanela, Vili and Declan will be uh, a pairing. Dylan Sandberg with uh, Elias Salmonson. Logan Stanley and Simon Lundmark. And Dean Stewart will be the seventh defenseman. So a- as you can see, this is pretty much the bare minimum of NHLers from last year that are in the lineup tonight for the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Ottawa Senators. And again, these are speculated lines, but this is that's the lineup that's going there, and uh, Mike McIntyre dropped uh, dropped that a little bit earlier today. Yeah, this was Mike McIntyre's projected. These aren't official line pairings, although Ottawa did tweet out. Ottawa was so nice, Huss, and they just tweeted out their lines. They have their top line of Tarasenko with Stutzla and Giroux. Drake Batherson is on the second line with two guys I've I've never heard of. I actually haven't heard of a lot of this team house, but they do have Jake Sanderson who signed the new contract. Uh, their defense, wow, their defense is like almost full with Chikrin and Shabbat and Branstrom as well. Let me pull up. I'll show you. The, look at this lineup house. Ottawa's pulling. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough one for the Jets. And I haven't really seen any. Have you seen any betting lines? Uh, it's, funny, it's funny. I literally, as you were reading that lineup out, I was pulling it up right now. Uh, this is the the same line for the Jets versus Edmonton on Monday. It's reversed. Ottawa's minus two seventy eight faves. Jets plus two fifteen. Ottawa on the puck line to win by two is minus one hundred four, and a total of plus six and a half. I mean, these you know early on in the preseason, there's you know usually the home teams dressing more their regulars, the road teams bringing the bare minimum, and you have these uh, these significantly depleted lineups. Of course, the one guy they are missing is uh, Brady Kachuk, who's not playing tonight. But if you're watching the game tonight, it'll be a good opportunity to get a chance to see Stutzel, Giroux, as well as the new member of the Senators, big bad Vlad Tarasenko, who'd spent uh, pretty much his entire career here in the Central Division with St. Louis, dealt last year at the deadline, and now ends up in Ottawa as a free agent, taking the spot of dearly departed Alex Dabrinkat. Yeah, and that was actually a nice pickup for them. I'm curious how Tarasenko is going to fit in. Uh, Tim Stutzel is the guy, you know, going to take a big step forward. I think the whole Ottawa is hoping that they can. So I'm interesting to see, see how they do. But I mean, this is preseason, and I know it's going to be on TSN. What, what's the plan actually? Is it on TSN three? I probably know which channel has the Jets game and which has the uh, Bomber game. That's actually. We look that up real quick. Yeah, yeah, you can get to that. Um, figure that, figure that out. I, the I, you know, game I'm obviously will like, be on one of the TSN feeds. 
Um, and we understand that the uh, Jets Ottawa will also be on one of them. I, I don't believe Dan and Sawyer will be making the trip. I think usually they'll just broadcast it with the Ottawa, um, like the home team announcers, and have it come into this, uh, coming up to into this uh, market as well. So while you check those, I mean, just as far as practice mm-hmm. went, um, I mean, I was sort of paying attention mostly to uh, to Nikolai Ehlers to see how he looked. Uh, and he looked good. He looked fast. That's not going to surprise anyone. Had a lot of jump and, you know, was really getting into it. Um, I can't wait to see game action with Ehlers, Nino, and Perfetti. Uh, but they were moving the puck around quite well in a few of the drills. Um, popped a couple nice goals. Ehlers had a bit of a jump. And and you'd imagine that he would be finally getting that non-contact jersey off, being back in practice like the rest of the squad after um, basically missing the first week of training camp with that uh, those neck spasms that emerged shortly after he uh, jumped on the ice in the first session. Yeah, sorry, I was just looking up the uh, the thing. So the Jets game is on TSN three, and TSN one has the bomber has the bomber game. All right, that sounds good. Um, so. so listen, let's hear from Ehlers because um, this is I was you know hoping if we had a bit more time to kind of get in the room today, but the timing just didn't work out with what time practice was. Uh, but Ehlers did speak earlier after getting back on the ice yesterday initially in a non-contact jersey. And uh, the Jets star winger talked first about the injury that uh, cost him the first few days of Winnipeg Jets training camp. Um, I mean, it was a, a thing in the gym that I've done a thousand times that I couldn't even tell you why. Um, but that seems to be happening quite a bit uh, in the last couple of years. So uh, mentally, it's a... Uh, it sucks, but at least it's not regular season. Yeah. Did you know before that very first skate, Nick, that uh, something was amiss, or did it crop up during that first on-ice session? Uh, when I don't know how long it was, 12 or 15 minutes. Um, no, I. it happened on the Wednesday, and then the Thursday skate, I, I felt a lot better Thursday morning when I woke up um, and thought I was good enough. Uh, and it felt good for the first five minutes and until I took a shot. All right, so there's Ehlers just kind of describing what he had been dealing with. Um, but as has been well documented, I mean, Nikolai Ehlers has had some pretty tough luck when it comes to injuries. And, you know, for a team, especially previously, I mean, I, I would argue that the Jets now 1-12 to 12 up front are probably deeper and maybe positioned better to handle an injury like Ehlers. That being said, there's still no replacement for a Nikolai Ehlers in the lineup. Um, I agree with Nick. Good thing it happened at training camp as opposed to the regular season. Um, and unfortunately, he's had some practice dealing with injuries in the past. Here's just one more clip from Ehlers as to, you know, what he's doing to handle the mental side of being hurt and the disappointment of not being out there to begin training camp in a big season for him and his team. Uh, I don't know. Um you every single time you get injured you think why me um you know you go in the summer you work out all summer to to have a good season and and a season like last year for me was was mentally very uh very draining because uh, i felt really good coming into camp last year and and one game in i was out for 36 games so um 
something that you got to work on every single day, uh, and you got to work on your body too to make sure that that doesn't happen. But um, trust me, it sucks. All right, there's Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah, it does suck, but good news. No yellow jersey out there with Nino and Perfetti today on uh, on that line. Getting back into the swing of things. And the plan, I believe, is for Ehlers to be a part of the game uh, Monday in Calgary. And I would think that the game against the Senators here at the end of next week, uh, I think on Thursday, will probably be pretty much a dress rehearsal for the game one lineup for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll chop it up with Kenny Weeb later on uh, on the program on that. Uh, but coming up, we're going to get to the big one tonight at IG Field with Ed Tate from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Before we do that, let me give a shout-out to our friends at Modern Man Barber Shops, now with eight locations in Winnipeg, conveniently located somewhere near you, uh, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway, or on Plessy Road. Guys, Modern Man Barbershops has a variety of grooming services, whatever you need, haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more, and a great selection of men's hair care products and more at all eight locations. Book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com and make sure to give them a follow on Instagram over at Modern Man Barbershops. Well, pool season is pretty much done, even though it's going to have 20 plus degrees for the next few days um, and certainly if you're planning on uh, thinking about a pool for next year you know Aquatech are the experts what you might not know is that Aquatech also are experts in whole home renovations with thousands of renos as their foundation Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home if you're ready to enhance your kitchen bathroom or even add a man cave to your home visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Well, another weekend is here, and while it might not be a quite a Manitoba summer weekend, uh, there's still lots to do if you've uh, managed to get out of the city. And of course, Manitoba Battery has batteries for everything that's powered us through another great Manitoba summer. <clears throat> but with winter just around the corner, it's time to get proactive and make sure you're not left in the cold on the side of the road needing battery help this year. Pop by Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. They'll be happy to test your batteries. And if you do know that you need a new car or truck battery or, frankly, battery of any type, go to manitobabattery.com. Get the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And even better, they'll deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg for any purchase over 60 bucks. It's that easy. ManitobaBattery.com. You can give them a call at 783-8787. And pop by and see Donnie's great staff as well if you're in the neighborhood over at 1026 Logan Avenue. And hey, we might not have Chad Kelly tonight in, uh, well, dressed and ready for action. Although I guess he technically is the third uh, string quarterback. One thing I do know people that are ready for action, the bartenders at IG Field, because it's going to be another sold-out game tonight. And, of course, Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You uh, all hanging around the Rum Hut or anywhere in the building can get the great taste of Canadian Club. And don't forget CC and Ginger premixed cocktails, 473-milliliter cans, also available at the stadium as Canadian Club's the official spirit of the Bombers. And you can pick up... CC at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and look for CC and Ginger Ale at your next stop at your favorite local beer store. All right, Bombers and Argos 
Bit of a buzzkill earlier this week when we heard about the roster, but this is still a huge game for Winnipeg, and uh, we know Bomber fans are going to be showing out with a third straight sellout. Let's head down to IG Field and welcome in Eddie Tate from BlueBombers.com to set this one up. Ed, great to see you. And, uh, man, what was your reaction earlier this week when uh, you heard about Chad Kelly? I I can't really blame the Argos. They have earned the right to handle themselves as they want, knowing that they're looking at a home playoff game to get to the Grey Cup. Um, But as I said, a bit of a buzzkill for a game that we'd all been looking forward to for months. It's interesting, isn't it, Huss? Uh, I would have used the same term earlier in the week, the buzzkill angle. Uh, and, and you're right, that they've earned the right to sit as many people as they want. It's too bad it's tonight. So I, I was with you on the buzzkill thing a few days ago, and now my opinion is, okay, perfect. The Bombers need a win. They've lost two of their last three. Uh, Got to keep pace with BC, who plays later tonight, and they play next week in Vancouver, probably for first place. So if they want to lay down their starting quarterback for a night and dress, uh, not dress a couple other guys on defense, bring it on. Perfect. It was going to be a full house here tonight. Bomber fans want to see their club get things right again. I, I don't care if it's, uh, like I said in my story today, I don't care if it's Cameron Dukes or Cameron Diaz at quarterback tonight. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, and I hadn't really thought as much about this angle, but, you know, if, listen, it shows the confidence level of the Bomber fans about this football team that everybody wanted to see the best from the Toronto Argonauts. True. The people that are really probably choked about this are the British Columbia Lions, who would have loved to have seen Toronto come in here and done everything they could to hand the Bombers a loss at IG Field. No question. And it's just like uh, a lot of people will be, as much as it pains them, will be probably cheering for Saskatchewan to win in BC tonight and hoping that they don't let, let anybody down by not dressing their full lineup. Why would they? They're in a world of hurt, too, trying to lock down the third place in, in the West Division. It's just a, a byproduct of some of the stuff that happens at this time of year with the league. And I'm remember, I'm old school, but when you start to see things like this unfold, Huss, I could go off on a tangent like this. It makes you think about getting back to that debate about dumping the divisions, because if, if we just had one to nine in this league right now, you couldn't be arresting people because you're trying to secure one and two for maybe a first round buy, but uh, nothing's guaranteed with this much schedule left. If you have just one standing for everybody instead of an East and West format. Yeah. um, Where are you on the one division? Well, that's I, I'm like I'm old school, so I liked I you know, and if uh, if they could ever get a a fifth team in the East, it would be balanced again, and it would make sense uh, to keep it at East West. But with nine right now, and we've been talking about a tenth team since I was a kid, so that shows you how long that's been. Um, I, I I think uh, I like the idea of one schedule, or I mean one table, one standings, because uh, uh, there's too many games now down the stretch of. Toronto's going to play a third of their season where nothing matters. And so that's tough. That's tough to sell for the team. That's tough for the coaches and players to manage. That's tough for the marketing department, right? So if, if this, uh, if we had one standings, this game would still matter tonight. And you can bet that uh, Chad Kelly would be taking the first snap for Toronto. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I love the, the history of East versus West. But I really do think that if we change to a format where it was one division and you consistently got the top two teams getting the buys and, you know, more often than not getting the two best teams playing in the Grey Cup, 
I think it would be good for the Canadian Football League. I don't think there's much doubt on that. The one thing I'll say about the schedule, Eddie, that I think could be done right now, and I, and I don't really understand the strategy of why it went to this, but at minimum, like, let's do a home-and-home home with every team in the Canadian Football League, and then, like, as of right now, there's nine teams in the league. So if you're playing eight teams home-and-home, home, that's 16 games, and then distribute those extra two within the division and you switch it up each year. I mean, to me, that seems like the simplest and certainly most fair way to do it because it really isn't like that right now. You'll have three and four games against some teams, and for instance, like the Argos, only one game in the entire season um, you know, against you know, one of the other top teams, which means that one home base is not going to see this, and obviously now with it being this late in the year, the game's almost a, a nothing burger, at least for one of those two teams. I'm with you 100% on this. Look, the, the balanced schedule has to come back. I think they went away from it in the condensed schedule of 2021 when we only played uh, 14 games, didn't start till August, and they wanted to do heavy uh, you know, division rival kind of uh, games and emphasize that. But Toronto's played – we'll play Hamilton four times this year. That's ridiculous. I, I don't care how good that rivalry is. That's ridiculous. Uh, we didn't go to Toronto this year. The Bombers didn't play in Toronto, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Andrew Harris, is, this is his first game back here. In, you know, he didn't play here last year, which doesn't make sense to me. The fact that this is the Grey Cup rematch and we're at the end of September before it happens doesn't make sense to me. So let's get back to the home and home, like you said. Play everybody twice. And then if we had a, a third game, you know, you rotate it. You play Saskatchewan three times. You play Edmonton three times one year. And then the next year you play BC and, and Calgary uh, three times. You just keep doing that. Uh, I think they need to get back to that if you're going to keep the, especially if you're going to keep the East-West format. Well, I, I, and I mean, and eventually if we can ever get to that 10th team, it's literally perfect. You've got 10 teams in the league. You've got an 18-game schedule. That's one home, one away against every team in the league. Perfectly fair. No one can complain about it, um, and it makes a lot of sense. Great time to quickly throw in our why not question of the day for Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGillivray, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Not fellas at the game tonight. I know they'll be ready to go. Um, should the CFL move to one division? Remo's already got the poll up in the chat. Vote right now. Yes, certainly ahead early but um you know one division with a balanced schedule that is essentially as fair as possible ever any team the one thing that you know you do i mean if you if you are a tradition traditionalist that always wants to see west versus east that uh, might not be the case in the gray cup under that so let us know why not question of the day in the chat eddie as far as the game goes tonight let's talk about first the uh the roster and uh, been a long time since we've seen Theodric Hansen out there for the Bombers. It's been a long road back with this Achilles injury. How's he looking? And I'm not sure if you've spoken to him, but uh, I imagine he can't wait to go out and hit someone. I've talked to him a couple times this week, Huss, a few times in the offseason, too. You just check in on a guy. I did a story on him in the spring when he was in full recovery, opted to come back to Winnipeg from Germany in January of, of all times to come back to Winnipeg to get his rehab in because he wanted to be around Al Couture, our head athletic therapist. Um, I, I mean, I really like this guy. He's been a cool dude since he first got here. He was the face of the global program right from the beginning, works hard as works as hard as anybody else. And I still, everybody remembers that play in the 2019 uh, great cup where he blew up a couple of tie cats on a kick uh, return. I talked to him yesterday. 
he said, look, all I want to do is get a good night's sleep tonight because I know I'm going to be wired on Friday. And, uh, I, you know, I would hate to be in his way on the first special teams. Let's say it's a kick cover unit. If he's running down the field to try to blow somebody up, get out of the way because uh, he's going to be – it's going to be nasty. I'm not sure how many snaps he's going to get on defense, Huss, but before he got hurt, he was a pretty important rotational player at end, too, that helped give uh, Jackson Jeffcoat and uh, Willie Jefferson a bit of a breather. So having him back for that's important, too. And Jeffcoat comes back tonight, too, after missing the Hamilton game. Uh, those are two pretty big additions on defense, but I, I'm really excited. I don't, you know, I watch special teams like everybody else just to see the kick return or, you know, the, the kick coverage, but. I'm going to keep an eye on number three tonight to see what kind of havoc he wreaks on uh, specials. Hey, speaking of specials, um, I guess we had some encouraging signs from Janarian Grant this week. Uh, What's the latest on the Bombers All-Pro kick returner? Yeah, it's been a little bit odd, and I know a lot of people ask. They say, what's going on? What's going on? Well, he's not practicing yet, and so that's my thing. Until he gets back on the practice field, uh, don't get your hopes up. Now, he has been running a lot more. Uh, both during practice and behind closed uh, doors, from what I understand. Uh, my guess, this is just a guess, was that he would be back for next week's game in, in BC, which would be massive, first of all, because he's, I think, still the best kick returner in the league. There's a lot of good ones. And he's also eaten up the Lions a few times on kick returns, last year especially. So uh, they need to get him back. He's a guy that can change field position, if nothing else. Uh, you know, he's also just so dynamic, he can change a game. So fingers crossed he might be back next week. Uh, you mentioned Jackson Jeffcoat. Um, I think back to the BC game, I think to the Hamilton game, like a lot of times he doesn't show up as much on the stat sheet, Ed, but it, it, it's hard to, to overstate how different this Bomber defense looks when Jackson Jeffcoat is in. It's a great point. You know, I think that if, if you, I haven't done this, but you've made me, you put a little, uh, the light bulb's gone off in my head now, huh? so I'll have to check this to see what Willie Jefferson's stat totals are like with Jackson Jeffcoat in the lineup versus not in the lineup. I think Willie's gone seven games now without a sack. Michael Shea said this yesterday. Don't base uh, his performance just on that sack total because he still still does so much to impact the play. But look, I think it's he's way more dangerous with Jackson Jeffcoat on the other side. Jackson does a lot of – you're right. He does a lot of things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. It's the stuff that you don't notice until somebody else messes it up, like contained, right? When a defensive – you've got a lot of running quarterbacks in this league, and when a defensive – and collapses too far in to the to the tackles, uh, the defensive tackles, and the quarterback gets outside him just to throw a pass or even to run. Uh, you start to think, oh, oh yeah, Jackson Jeffcoat's not playing because an, aw- an awful lot of times the pocket is collapsing because of Jackson Jeffcoat. It might not be getting there, but what he's doing is preventing the quarterback from getting outside. He's really good against the run. And in my opinion, there's nobody better in the league at the old strip sack thing, right? So he comes at crashing in on a quarterback, swings that arm down, forces a fumble, jumps on it. You know, he's he's it's a real skill for him. And I've talked to him about this before in the past. He spends his off season working with a martial arts coach to get his hands right. 
Uh, and you see a lot of the good defensive ends in this league and in the NFL too, they really work their hands well on a, on offensive tackle to get off that jam. And, and Jackson Jeffcoat does that as well as anybody. Um, Eddie, uh, a seven o'clock start tonight. And it, a lot of these games have been seven thirty, So I've sort of reminded folks it's a, you know, later in the season, going to start this game a little earlier, but I do know you mentioned Andrew Harris is on the sixth game, which is unfortunate. Um, but I do know there's going to be a, a little welcome back, which um, I think we all agree is probably overdue, but they haven't had a chance to do that, and unfortunately he's not going to be playing. But um, not only that, orange shirt game, I guess they'll be doing the special warm-up jerseys. There's a lot of um, a lot of special things about this game tonight. Yeah, so the, the anthem's going to be sung in Cree, uh, the orange stuff that a lot of the, – there's a 1,000 kids being flown. That's the main thing, a 1,000 kids being flown in from uh, Indigenous communities all over Manitoba, Saskatchewan, none of it. Uh, they're gonna, you know, it's, it's such an amazing experience if you get to see these kids. I've talked about this earlier. Uh, we used to fly in about 20 kids from a different First Nations community for every home game a few years ago. And you'd see them after the game because we'd bring them down here and they could meet the players and stuff. And some of them had never been on an elevator, let alone walk into a stadium in this kind of environment with 30,000 people screaming their head off. So it's, it's quite open, uh, an eye-opener. Uh, Mike Pyle, one of our executives who's very uh, involved in this, was telling me a story that uh, one of the kids that he talked to was just so excited because they in a hotel tonight and he's going to get his own, his own bed instead of having to share it with somebody. So... You know, I, I think sometimes we take things for granted. So I'm going to be looking at that one end zone where a lot of the orange shirts are going to be, the kids are going to be lined up with the, all the people that are helping with this. It's pretty powerful. Again, the anthem's sung in uh, in Cree. Uh, the, both the Argos and the Bombers are wearing the orange shirts in the warm-up. Those jerseys will be auctioned off after the game. The Bombers are wearing the Star Blanket uh, logo on their helmet tonight. So... Uh, this has grown into quite a big thing, and it, the league, it's league-wide now, too. So let's hope this becomes uh, more of a traditional thing that we can look forward to on the calendar every year. And, of course, that logo is uh, looking great on that orange hoodie you've got right there now. Go. And I'm sure the uh, Bomber store will be uh, packed with those if people want to jump on those when they get there uh, tonight. Um, Ed, obviously I wanted to start off with the game. But I just loved your piece at BlueBombers.com on Brady Oliveira and, uh, and Nick Dembski. And, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny. I mean, these young men have been such a big part of this team. And this goes back to Andrew Harris. And, I mean, never mind being local guys. I mean, being Oak Park products. But doing some things that, frankly, Canadians, never mind local players, have never done before. And... Brady Oliveira and Nick Dembski are on the verge of Canadian Football League history for people with a Canadian passport, never mind coming from the same damn high school in the city that they're playing. Yeah, it to me, you know, I'm a stats nut, and I, again, a history guy too, especially with this league, so I, I love the this angle. Uh, no Canadians, there hasn't been a team in this league that's had a Canadian rush for 1,000 yards and have 1,000 yards receiving in the same year. And so the Bombers have a chance here. Brady is already already over 1,000 yards rushing. Nick Dembski's at 931 receiving. So he's going to get there eventually, hopefully tonight. Uh, and you're right. So two guys, two Canadians, one getting 1,000 yards rushing, one 1,000 yards receiving on the same team, let alone both from Winnipeg. And on top of it all, which is the most confounding thing, the most amazing thing to me, 
is they're both from Oak Park High School, which is just the, the odds of this happening are so minuscule. It's unbelievable. They're both guys that uh, love this town, love this team. And I, I think it's a hell of a story. And as I was talking to Brady, and I can maybe mimic it a little bit here, but as I was talking to Brady the other day, I said, you know, do you guys do anything kind of Oak Parky before the game? Do you write stuff on your sleeves or do you know? And he says, no, but we have watched tonight in the warm-up. We have a special 204 handshake. And I said, well, what the hell's that? So they, they take their fingers and they do the old two, and then they pound fist for the zero, and then they go four in the air and do this high five kind of arm lock thing. That's their 204 handshake. So he said that nobody's really paid attention to it before, but, uh, and I'll, I'll be watching for it tonight. I think it's so cool that these guys are stars on their hometown team. And I, mean, and I mean stars, not just guys that are taking up a roster spot. It's a hell of a story. And uh, I, I applaud those guys for, for how much they care about this team and this town, too. Well, you know, Ed, I, I mean, I've told the story many times, but I was live on the air uh, in Nick Dembski's draft year and obviously right. <laughs> saw him coming up from Oak Park and, you know, starring for the Bisons, which I was quite close to. And, and and it looked like the Bombers who were picking second overall. I mean, Kyle Walters, you know, identified two things that this team needed. Offensive line, protect the quarterback because Buck Pierce was getting killed and Canadian talent. And, you know, they went with Suk Chung. And, and I'd said on the show, you go, just watch. The freaking Riders are going to take Nick Dembski. And <laughs> lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. But thank God, you know, he ended up coming back here. And, and the reason why I mentioned about Kyle Walters when he took over the job, um, he very correctly indicated two areas where the Bombers were lagging way far behind the rest of the Canadian Football League, and it was killing them. Um, if your quarterback's on his ass every play, you're not going to win. That was number one. But also, Canadians are important, and the dearly departed Joe Mack never got that at all. But now we, we're sitting here, we're talking about Brady and Nick and what they've done, not to mention some other you know, local products contributing in other areas, but to be on the verge of historic performances from Canadians like that, you know, I think when we look at this era of Blue Bomber football, um, not only has it done amazing things off the field, but I really think that you could point at the Canadian talent on this team, led by those two guys in this particular season, as a big reason why the Bombers are the Bombers and in a lot of ways have been the class of this league for the last number of seasons. It's there's so many uh, layers to this. Huss. You know, you go, it, there's kind of an old school throwback to this, uh, the glory days of the bombers, you know, from 58 to 62, when they won four great cups in five years, that team was loaded with good Canadians. And a lot of them were from around here. And Bud Grant always talked. I think it was Bud Grant that coined the phrase Canadians are gold. Americans are silver. When you're, when you're putting together a roster in, uh, in this league, uh, so And there's been great Manitoba guys, University of Manitoba guys, Winnipeg guys that have played for this team over the years. But, I, you know, again, this we're on the verge of history with two guys that could go for 1,000. There's three Manitoba guys on the starting lineup uh, in offense, including Jeff Gray at left guard. It, it's, it's a hell of a story. Uh, and back to the draft, you're right. I, I think uh, Kyle Walters addressed the need right away. They had to get an offensive lineman, and they loved Suk Chung, and we see he's still playing in this league. He's, he's really still solid with the BC Lions, and they were hoping that Nick would follow them with their second pick in the first round. You're right. The Riders came in and scooped him up, 
the Bombers ended up taking Addison Richards that year, if you remember, with their second pick, who was a receiver from the University of Regina. So it was almost like, okay, well, you're going to stick it to us. We'll stick it right back to you by taking one of your guys. That didn't really work out. But uh, when the first chance, chance came to get Nick Dembski back in free agency, they went after him. And it was Paul Apolice who saw something there, a, a, a potential weapon on offense. And, and then Buck Pierce has only built it further. He's having a career here. He's already got career numbers. Uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing uh, what those two guys have done. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? Off the field, of course, Nick, uh, you know, the uh, proud new dad getting used to, uh, to dad life. And I mean, I don't know what we can say more about what Brady does in the community. I mean, first day of the bye week, dude's on a 4.30 a.m. flight up north for more of his dog rescues and things. I mean, sometimes you're like, you, you couldn't even write up characters that you'd want to have more a part of your football team. But this is professional football. It's all about production. And uh, there's very few guys, regardless of passport, that have produced as consistently as Brady Oliveira and Nick Dembski over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, the stuff that Brady does with the dog rescuing, I mean, he's he's uh, he's already kind of famous. Well, he's not kind of. He is famous for that kind of work. I think there's got to be a TV show on this for him because it's pretty compelling. I know some of our content guys, Dave McDonald and Cam Bartlett, went with him to uh, First Nations near Barron's River uh, this during the bye week and have, are putting together something. I'm not sure when that will be done about the dog rescue stuff. That's been done before, too. It's it's pretty powerful to see what he does in terms of rescuing him and his girlfriend. Uh, it It's, uh, you know, they're good guys. They're good They're good Manitobans. It's, it's hard not to cheer for these guys. Remember that 2021 Grey Cup? Uh, I did a story a couple days before the game where I talked about Again, the uniqueness of Andrew Harris at the time, Nick Dembski and uh, Brady Oliveira all being prominent players on the team, all being from Oak Park High School. And Willie Jefferson, to his credit, called him the King, the Duke, and the Prince of Winnipeg, those three guys. And I love that. And uh, it still kind of fits. And I think the King is coming back tonight. He's not going to play, but we are going to have a, a moment for Andrew. Before the kickoff, I sure hope that people get up, stand up and, and – and applaud this guy because he was such an instrumental part of this too. It's just a cool story that that Manitoba guys are starring on this team, just as it would be in Saskatchewan if the Riders have Saskatchewan guys and same in BC, any any place. There's a lot of Quebec guys in Montreal, that sort of thing. It's a cool story. It's a unique thing to the CFL. Well, and, and again, you know, I mean, it is a little disappointing that Andrew's not going to play, and the game seemingly doesn't mean a lot to the Toronto Argonauts. It certainly does to the Bombers. Um, but I will still maintain, um, I think that, and again, you're more of the history guy, could tell me if something, you know, maybe back in the 60s was the difference. But in my lifetime, the most impactful free agent signing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have ever made, and you could make an argument in the Canadian Football League, was Andrew Harris. Because not only what he did on the field, he started that culture change uh, and was a real leader um, and in a lot of ways, paved the way for guys like Brady and Nick to do it there and right now. Obviously, Nick was already in the league, but um, he will always be a big part of this bomber generation. Um, and as I said, it was uh, he kind of got one over on them last year in the big game. Um, and the only way to really make this uh, make this right is to have these teams fully healthy playing against each other at Tim Hortons Field at the end of November. 
Yeah, you're right. I, you know, one of my favorite memories covering this team for a long time is the 2019 Great Cup, and Andrew Harris had such a big game, and he's standing on the stage, and he's got in one hand the MVP of the game trophy, and the other hand the most valuable Canadian of the game in that trophy, and it was kind of I remember that year was pretty tumultuous for him, and it was kind of here, here you, here you go, all you doubters and cynics, and we know how much Andrews was driven by that stuff. Uh, it's again, it's too bad. He's not playing tonight. Cause this is his swung son. He's already said that he's going to retire. Uh, but at least he's going to be here tonight to be saluted. And, uh, you're right. I hustle. You make a great point. I don't know how you can grade these things, but it would be certainly a cool to get a panel together to see what the, the best free agent signings were of all time. Because if that's not in the top five, then I guess I've been asleep for 30 years. No, well, it is, and listen, those are the so right that now, so proud of my teammates, more than a lot of others, is that what Andrew brought here was not just on the field. A lot of it was off the field, Ed, and I mean that I think started you know a whole new way of connecting this fan base back with the team that you know really wasn't anywhere close to where it is right now back then. Just quickly on the way out. Um, It'll be time soon for people to start voting for, um, you know, nominees. Um, we know Zach's the back-to-back MOP. He's still having a monster season. Brady, I think, would have probably barged himself into that conversation as well. But it more often than not is a quarterback spot. Um, the fact that one of these two players will not be the team's nominee for most outstanding Canadian, I think, speaks to just how deep they are with the locals as well. Well, and then this gets back to that, uh, the, the one division or the one standings kind of debate, right? Because if you dump the two East and West and you would just pick the top two candidates or the top three candidates and then let the voters pick from there, then you wouldn't exclude Nick Dembski and Brady Oliveira. The way it works now is that each uh, chapter uh, would vote for team nominees so you can only have one outstanding Canadian on the Blue Bombers and it's going to be either Brady or, or Nick Dembski but one guy is already out of the running before he can even you know get a chance to, to be considered for the overall award or even the divisional award so uh, yeah they, I think that you know that's another case to dump and get back to the or go to a, a one standings format instead of two divisions um, it's you know, I, I we could keep going all day about Chad Kelly not playing, and that's what it would have been really cool too to see two most outstanding player uh, candidates go at it head to head tonight. Uh, I wonder if this might hurt his chances at all because if he sits tonight and then doesn't play in another game down the stretch, and and Zach piles up more yards and touchdown passes, that's got to influence uh, the voters when it t- comes time to vote. Uh, Ed, just before we go. Um... Last game was the Ukrainian night, and they had that massive Ukrainian, uh, like the Kubasaw burger. Yeah. Um, is there? I, I know you're more. I know you're more in charge of what's happening on the field, but uh, is there some sort of a special concession item that uh, fans should be looking at? Or are you? Is that on the game notes? The uh, what we get and where we find it. Uh, has, I feel guilty for not knowing this. I don't know what, what kind of, if it's a Walby burger or the giant uh, Ukrainian burger or whatever else might be uh, tonight. Uh, I apologize for not being properly uh, prepared on the concession stuff. I expect you to have a full report for me later on tonight through Instagram or Twitter or yeah. X, whatever the hell it's called now. We're going to be, uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be oh, digging that. that up. There it is. <laughs> That's the Walby burger. 
That oh my god, the Walby burger is looking even more Walby esque now. They did they add fries to it this year? Holy smokes! Then of course the yard dog, which we did take I on earlier in the season. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll have a full report. It's going to be a great night. I mean, great weather for a game at the end of September. Another sold out crowd. Uh, a special night for many many reasons. And bottom line, win in time for the Bombers uh, because next week could be a game that will decide the Western Division. Um, but the BC Lions are a big favorite at home tonight against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So first things first, get that W and uh, and get ready for next week. Eddie, great chat as always. Folks, check out that piece on Brady and Nick at bluebombers.com as well as a great game preview from Ed. Have an awesome weekend. Enjoy this one tonight, pal. Appreciate it, Huss. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. There is Ed Tate. You can follow Ed on uh, Twitter or X at uh, EdTateWFP. Great stuff from uh, Eddie on the show. We're going to talk some Jets coming up with Weaver. Do want to thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too, head on down to one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca with a fully shoppable website and same-day local delivery if you place your order at myvita.ca before 11 a.m. Hey, if you're gearing up for back to school, keep your energy up with Health First B12 Supreme. B12 is involved in so many functions of our bodies, like metabolizing carbs, fats, and proteins, which are converted into energy. Health First B12 Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health. Family owned and operated in Winnipeg since 1936. Get on down to one of six Winnipeg locations. And again, shop online at myvita.ca. Um, our friends at Wallace and Wallace are ready for winter. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. What you might not know is they're also the leader in overhead door sales and service. Your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to and from all your summer fun with the fam. But it's time, about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts far more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Give Wallace & Wallace a call to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. Um, when you look in the closet, fellas, how you feeling? You need to up your menswear game heading into these next few months and the change of seasons? Well, if you do, there's only one place you need to go, and that is down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding party or having your big day coming up next year, Talk to the gang at F about a 15% discount for all the suits when you and the fellas get your uh, duds for the big day at F Apparel. They're down at 190 Smith Street. Go see them or find out more online or make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And hey, we're hitting 26 or 27 on the weekend. Plenty of time to get on those summer blizzard flavors at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. Four locations, including DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Neverville. Delicious blizzards, ice cream treats, those amazing stack burgers. And don't forget, Nick and Nicky also have a pita pit now out in Neverville, now open, healthy, delicious, fast, and fresh. 
And with great catering, too, you can hit them up on X at Pita Pit Niverville. All right, Friday afternoon. Uh, oh, I'm getting I'm getting word from the chat that honey garlic pork bites special special concession item today at the game. Uh, maybe I'll, that actually sounds great right in my wheelhouse. So um, maybe I will do a little update on that tonight at some point via Instagram and a little bit of a rating. You can follow me at Hustlerama, and I'll certainly fire it over to Reem to get it up on Winnipeg Sports Talk if I'm able to find them. Ken Weeb joins us now from uh, get, from the Winnipeg Free Press. I'm still getting <laughs> used to that. What? The, how's the new gig going, Ken? Are you? Are you? Is it just like you've been there all along? <laughs> Andrew, great to be with you. Uh, always a pleasure on a Friday afternoon. Uh, yeah, you know, it's settling in nicely here, I would have to say. Uh, you know, everyone knows that my my first job, my first internship were at the Free Press, so uh, certainly that eases the transition to a degree. Does everybody know that? Well, sorry, not everyone. You know what, Huss, that's a good point. You know, it was so long ago. Uh, we, we, we've added so many people in Generations the ago. It was, sorry. I, I sometimes forget. I was uh, I was laughing about this with Brendan Dillon this week when he was uh, congratulating me on the job. I was like, Brendan, uh, you know, I'm 48 now, but... I don't feel like the old guy on the beat, Huss. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's awesome that I've been covering hockey in this market since 2000, and I had my first summer internship in 1999. But I still kind of feel like that, uh, you know, youthful and exuberant person coming out of the University of Regina. So uh, even though it's year, uh, I think, 24 of covering hockey uh, at the professional level. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Mike McIntyre uh, has been great to work with. Uh, Feel like the double coverage we've been able to provide on most days at uh, at Winnipeg Jets training camp has been a lot of fun, and hopefully the folks are enjoying the reads. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. And uh, for those folks who you know they're familiar with the mailbag from my days at my previous employer, uh, Mike and I will have our first uh, Winnipeg Jets monthly mailbag uh, going on Sunday. So if folks in the chat have uh, questions that they'd like to have answered. Uh, email me, email Mike, send us a DM. Uh, you know, if if you get some questions in the chat, hustles, uh, maybe Remo can forward them into my direction. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, feels like it's been able to you know, kind of get locking in on the storytelling. Uh, this week, Mike wrote both of the gamers off of the home game. So for me, I was doing more watching than than worried about live tweeting and everything else. It was nice to kind of watch a couple of the players that we'll get into in a second. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun so far, no doubt about it. You know, uh, well, uh, most of the chat is talking about the honey garlic pork bites at the game right now. Well, Huss, you know uh, I love to eat, so yeah. I mean, uh, I, I will not be at the game with you tonight because I'm covering the Jets uh, game off TV, but I'll be, uh, it's going to be a, a three-screen uh, evening here. Huss, as you know, I'll be keeping my eyes on the Blue Jays uh, trying to clinch a playoff berth. Uh, definitely be having uh, one eye on the Bomber game also, and we'll also be fortunate enough to have the Jets game uh, on a screen that's bigger than my laptop for this for this road game, yeah. which uh, which will be a nice feature. Uh, interestingly enough, just a quick tie-in there. I mean, Nate Schmidt, uh, his lower body issue he mentioned yesterday uh, while just kind of shooting the breeze with a couple reporters that was related to when Evander Kane dumped him on that tripping penalty. What we didn't see when the camera went forward to follow the play was that Kane fell on him after the play. So... Uh, while he was able to, I think, finish most of the game, 
uh, that's where the uh, the nature of that lower body injury kind of was sustained. So uh, for the conspiracy theorists out there, uh, you know, Nate is expected to be back, I think, on the ice on Saturday, Rick Bonus was saying earlier today. So uh, we know it was a long laundry list of uh, injuries to sort through yesterday, but uh, good news mostly for the Jets' us with uh, Cole Perfetti feeling, feeling good on the ice again this morning uh, after being on yesterday with the secondary group. Nikolai Ehlers, I think, dumped the... Uh, dump the non-contact and is, is expected to get his first preseason action on Monday against the Flames. Uh, Mason Appleton's still day-to-day, but should be ready for Monday, I believe. And uh, the rest of the guys, Kappa Bianco and some of those other guys we're not 100% sure of, but uh, in terms of timelines. But uh, it seems like things are... It, it's that time of year I wrote about it today. It's the time of the year when lower body injuries, specifically groin injuries for many, are piling up because you're getting to day 10, 9, 10 on the ice. You've got three, four games under your belt now. Uh, it's that power through stage. And it also is the stage, Huss, uh, after this evening. It is the uh, last chance cafe for uh, several people in the lineup here this evening because the last two games are going to be mostly game one roster or oh. the guys battling for spots on the periphery. Uh, if you're if you're a little bit further down the depth chart, uh, it's your last chance to really make a big impression here. Yeah, Um well, and we'll definitely get to, you know, a couple of those things. Just looking at the chat, the other, uh, oh, look at my girl, Amanda. Game day Friday, enjoying the show in the sun with some backyard beers. Great way to kick off the weekend. That's what I'm talking about on the 29th of September. Oh, and T. Will asked if I could ask you if Mike Mack has put his stapler in Jello yet. Uh, that I, I cannot answer that question. Uh, I, have not, I have not seen any staplers. I, th- I think I hope that's an office space reference. But uh, if I've missed it, uh, T. Will, you can send me a wake up for that one. The office. Um, office. Sorry, close. I was. It was close. Let's get to. Um, let's get to the. Well, I mean, let's actually get back to last game because a guy that we spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking about yesterday that is in the lineup today that I didn't listen. It wasn't on my radar. I don't remember him mentioned pretty much in any conversation we've had for a long time about legitimately being in the mix for battling for that 13th spot was this Parker Ford. And um, listen, he scored a nice goal. He almost scored again about a minute later on, Ken, on his next shift. Was very, very noticeable in that game uh, against the Calgary Flames. Uh, What have you seen from him? And, I mean, is he legitimately in the mix to battle David Gustafson Seemingly, those were the two guys that were left with the big group and they split them up yesterday. So that was obviously the uh, what a lot of people inferred uh, from it. Is that the way you took it? And what do you make of his camp so far? Yeah, I've loved his camp. Uh, not just, you know, the one-timer is a pretty goal. And, and I, you know, <laughs> Parker Ford was not on the bingo card as being on the first power play unit on a five-on-three, uh, being the guy hitting one tees, Huss, uh, when we entered uh, entered the training camp reports. Um, but he's been noticeable. Uh, he's a little spark, spark plug, uh, plays with a lot of energy. Uh, we know there is the Providence College Friars connection there. And, you know, oddly enough, uh, Parker was going to games when Brandon Tanev was playing for Providence College. And obviously the body type is a lot different, Huss. I mean, let's let's not pretend that this is a direct parallel. But where you do see some of the similarities are in the enthusiasm department, the energizer bunny, uh, the willingness to do extra things on the forecheck, blocking shots, getting involved. Uh, you know, I, I think honestly, the one timer made for a nice highlight, 
the best play Parker Ford made in the entire game was hustling back on a two-on-one where he was the chaser and he lifted the stick of a Flames player to prevent said player from having his own backdoor tap in. Uh, and to me, that's the kind of play that gets that gets you noticed by the coaching staff and by your teammates because when Parker Ford, you know, he got lots of high fives after the one-timer and a great selly, by the way, a lot of enthusiasm there. But he got probably as many stick taps and shin shin pad taps from his teammates for breaking up the play later on because let's not kid ourselves. When the season starts, Parker Ford is not on the Jets' top power play. If he's going to be in the lineup or a consideration for the lineup, it will be as a fourth-line energy player. Now, that's not to diminish his abilities. He obviously has some offensive upside to his game. Two goals, four points, and eight games at the Moose coming out of college. You know, after he signed the, uh, you know, I think it, ATO, PTO, whatever he signed at the end of last year before his ELC kicks in. I've loved the way that he's played. He's had a great attitude. He's an incredibly hard worker. And us, quite frankly, you know, different player, but he's this year's Brad Lambert. At game four, you're wondering what this kid is going to do for an encore. Different style of player again, and obviously less heralded compared to the first rounder. But Parker Ford is doing what the coaches are asking of him, and that's why he's playing in a third game this evening in what will be a largely inexperienced lineup for the Winnipeg Jets against a veteran and heavy Ottawa Senators lineup. It's interesting, though. He's playing with Barron and Gustafson on Mm -hmm. that line. Sure. And... I mean, I think we all agree Morgan Barron's going to be in that opening day lineup um, in yep. the top 12. Um, but do you see this as Parker Ford and David Gustafson going head-to-head for this final spot? If it is, as most of us expect, a 13-forward, 8-defenseman mix to begin the year? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's more situational, Huss. I mean, obviously, those two guys are competing for that job, but so are Dominic Toninato and Jansen Harkins, right? So I wouldn't say it's a distinct you know, 1v1 in this situation. And I mean, we joked about it the other day, you know, Logan Stanley was on a pairing with, you know, at times with Jekyll and Chisholm, right? So these guys also battling for the same job in a lot of regards. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't see it as one versus one, but, you know, those guys are in that mix. And and for me, Huss, David Gustafson is still in the lead in that job, but he's got lots of company. And these are the games where you need to differentiate yourself uh, from the next guy on the list, because quite frankly, uh, depending on how the injury situation soared out, you know, and Rick Bonus hinted at this, maybe that 12th job is available, depending on what happens here at the end of training camp. But yeah, right now it's, I would say those four players, Christian Reichel, I think is also in that mix, uh, maybe on the periphery. But, f- you know, for the most part, this is where you have to go. And it's hard to say, None of these guys are going to be head and shoulders above the next guy, I don't think, because they're very equal in terms of skill sets. But you need to, you know, those guys have all entered the chat when it comes to offense. So now it's about what else you do. How do you play the system? You know, how fast are your reads? How aggressive a game are you playing? Because Rick Bonus reiterated again today, Haas, to reporters, you know, they want to play that aggressive, up-tempo, in-your-face style. And and that's another way that, uh, you know, both Toninato and Ford – have been noticed but i mean also too if you're jansen harkins huss i mean he scored an important goal the other day it that's what he did he went down to the moose scored a bunch of goals so after a pretty quiet game one against edmonton where he had plenty of company in that department 
he scored an important goal against the best goalie in the American Hockey League. So that's got to make Jansen Harkins feel good. But now today, if you're Jansen Harkins, you need to be better than some of those other guys we've been talking about. Did did you take did you make any conclusions based on the fact that they split the groups yesterday to basically the main club, everybody else, and Gustafson and Parker Ford were still in Group A? Or is I didn't that make just, a whole lot I mean, of that. I mean, Huss, yeah. I mean, I think part of that was Mason Appleton getting hurt late. Like Mason Appleton was on that Group One sheet going into the game, and you know, to the point where they didn't even fill that spot. They were going with five players. Uh, in the bottom six uh, w- during the practice yesterday, during the line rushes. I would say that's certainly a vote of confidence if you're Gustafson and Parker Ford. But if you're Jansen Harkins, you're not here saying, oh, I'm, I can't make the team because these two other guys were in the other group on a day where they were practicing with the non-game group. Now, it's important for those guys to get extra reps. But again, this is a chance for Jansen Harkins to say, hey, don't forget about me over here. I've got something that I can bring to the table as well. And again, he's still in the mix. I mean, nobody has separated themselves to this point. Lots of guys are playing well and have continued to be in the discussion. But now if you're Brad Lambert and you're Chaz Lucius, a lot of those other guys have got on the board. Now, what are you going to do offensively to get yourself into the similar mix? Now, we're expecting those guys to be with the Moose. And Huss, I've said that to you from the very beginning. Now, that's not to deter them from trying to show their best, but it was always going to be unlikely because those guys need center reps at the pro level. And those reps just simply aren't available uh, at the NHL level yeah, right no now well, based on where the that, Jets are trying to get to. I was just about to ask you about those guys. So, I mean, now that we're kind of halfway into camp, I mean, now what have you thought about Chaz and Brad Lambert so far? Yeah, I mean, I've liked both. The, uh, the other day, I, I liked, Brad's ability to, you know, have a heads up, made a heads up plan, a two on one, Uh, you know, he didn't, I don't, I think he was trying more to be, have a sneak attack on the two on one. It was still a close shot, but I think there, I think there was a slight hesitation thinking he should pass. And by the time he determined if he should shoot, he couldn't really go top bunk on the shot. So he made the right play. I just think that in that situation, he needed to be a little bit more selfish, look for the shot right away. But I think his thinking was he had to sell the pass in order to get a quicker lane for the shot. So I've liked his skating. That line's first period, Huss, in Edmonton was excellent. So now they're going to have to get involved here this evening. I thought Chaz Lucius was pretty good the other night. Um, you know, you notice his hockey sense, his smarts, all of those t- sorts of things. But now when you're going up against NHL competition, Huss, let's not forget what happened with, with Brad Lambert when he went from the talk of the town to playing NHL lineups, then things got a little bit hard as you would expect for an 18 year old player. So for these young guys, now's an opportunity for them to show their skill and that they can do it against NHL competition. Now, some of the other guys, uh, and to us, I mean, you feel for a guy like Colby Barlow. We, we talked about him so much coming out of development camp. I love the fact that he still kept such a positive demeanor today when he spoke to, with reporters for the first time. But let's be honest, for a guy who was expecting to get into game action, he had essentially one practice with the main group, right? And in that session, you know, you couldn't do a whole lot. The next day gets announced, as the, or that afternoon, the ELC gets signed, but he hasn't had an opportunity to get into a game. And that in the big picture, it doesn't matter, Huss. But for a guy like Barlow, you train your entire summer. Your goals are very simple. Uh, you're going to Team Canada camp, you're going to development camp, you're going to Jets camp in the fall, you're going to crush it in junior, 
Now you want the shot to be at the world junior team and you go from there. Now you get ready for next year's camp, but it's just too bad for him because we wanted to see him in game action against NHL competition. We've known what some of the other Jets guys, we didn't think he's going to get one team. No, he's not. Rick said yesterday, Rick said yesterday when I asked him directly, uh, he's not going to, because if Ehlers had been able to play up until this point, us, I would have thought that a game in Calgary would have made a lot of sense, but now they're sort of, they haven't been able to use Niederreiter, Perfetti and Ehlers at all together in game action. So they're going to need that time for their veteran guys. So that's unfortunate for Colby Barlow, but he's a positive spirits kind of guy. It just sucks when you train all that time and somehow you, you get an illness that basically knocks you out for an entire week. Like that's just terrible luck for him. Uh, not a sign of things to come. This is a guy who's going to have a great year in junior. I think he will have a chance to play for team Canada at the world junior, as long as he goes back and dominates with the own sound attack. But uh, that, that's one thing from camp Huss that we were really looking forward to. And it sort of feels like uh, that it's something that leaves you left uh, a little bit. It's got to be an empty feeling for him. Sure. He's, he's had a great attitude. He's been learning a lot, but he would have loved to have got into some NHL competition. So that's kind of one of the unfortunate stories of training camp, you know, kind of along with Ehlers getting hurt in that first session. Yeah. Uh, well, for sure. And um, I'll say this, Ehlers looked good today. Yeah. Um, you know, he had the yellow jersey off. He was skating around with Perfetti and Nino Niederreiter. There were some interesting drills that they were doing. So sort of five on threes, like not like a PK, but, you know, starting with defensemen at a certain spot. And they had, um, I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here making some hot take judgments on this line's going to be amazing from watching 10 minutes of drills in practice. <laughs> but, um, you know, we saw a lot of that jump and everything. I mean, just Nikolai Ehlers creates so much, whether it's on a game or in practice, Kenny. And um, yep. it was great to see him out there. And, you know, we heard him speak yesterday. Um, you know, got to be really tough to just deal with that. But like he said, better it happened in training camp than in the regular season. And, um, hard to imagine a player more important to the Winnipeg Jets to keep in the lineup than Nikolai Ehlers because that second line, I think, with him on it has some real potential. Um, there's no one that can do what Nikolai Ehlers can do if they're taking his place right now. And, um, you know, we'll look forward to seeing what that lineup looks like uh, and that line in particular when they uh, get to Calgary, I believe, on Monday night. Yeah, no doubt. And liked a lot of what I've seen from Cole Perfetti and, you know, for the people saying, oh, well, you know, he gets hit too often. Uh, it's just another example. Like, give me a break. It was a blind shot, blind shot. side headshot. I mean, like it was Cole had, it was one Mississippi, at least two Mississippi and maybe even three by the time the guy actually hit him. Cole, Cole said he basically had been dumped the puck in and was turning to the bench at the time he finally got hit. And like you can even if you have your head on a swivel, you aren't expecting to be hit at that time. So uh, that was just a blatant cheap shot and just an unfortunate set of circumstances for Perfetti. Uh, the good news for him was that he was, you know, just held out for precautionary reasons. He's back on the ice and will play uh, on Monday again. And that's not something where Cole's going to be tentative because he took a bad hit. I mean, that's that's just a play that you can't protect yourself from. So now you get back on the horse, you get out there with your line mates and you continue the work you've been doing because he's doing, he's doing a nice job of adapting to the center position. And now we know that he's played center and it's his natural position and all of those things, but you got to do it at any show speed and you got to do it with your line mates. And, and you're right. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers has 40 plus goal potential, but he needs to be playing 70 plus 75, 80 games in order to reach that potential. So, 
Uh, I expect it's going to be a big year for him. And I, I do think that although it is obviously been annoying for him to have to deal with, uh, neck spasms will be something that you can, it's better than having a groin injury, uh, if if that makes any sense, Huss. I mean, that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that once he's ready, once he's cleared for contact, he's going to be good to go and and he'll really start to shine because what we've seen already, Perfetti and Nino Niederreiter starting to get some nice chemistry between them. Uh, I do think that that trio can do a lot of damage and uh, we've already seen what the top line has the potential to do. You know, obviously that was a power play goal, but those guys were creating and generating plenty of offense uh, between Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley and Gabe Velarde. I think that that one-two punch down the middle is going to be really explosive. And I know as you've been talking about throughout the course of the week, Ajax Alifalo is going to bring an offensive dynamic uh, to that third line that we haven't really seen since Andrew Kopp has left. Yeah, you know, we were comparing. I was just looking at the numbers of Alifalo, and I think based on the numbers, this is probably the most offensively talented player that Adam Lowry's had on his line, period. Um I mean, Andrew Kopp did have a couple years that he was in, but Aya Fallow has consistently scored in the mid-teens every year. You know, has been above half a point a game in the numbers. And the one thing that's really stood out to me, Ken, from the limited uh, exhibition action that we've seen here in Winnipeg, from both Velarde and with Aya Fallow, is their defensive instincts. And I think Velarde in particular is going to bring something to that line with Shifley and Connor that I mean, let's face it, is desperately needed. Um, a defensive conscience on that line and a player that can still contribute offensively when uh, when the big boys get things going in the offensive zone. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think he's also a very cerebral player. So, I mean, I would use a... I don't think that Paul Stastny is a great example in terms of skill set, but in terms of the way he thinks the game, the sort of the cerebral uh, think ability to think and be in spots and anticipate and all of those types of things... Uh, that's why I think there's a bit of a comparison there, not in terms of how they play and skill set, because obviously Velarde is a guy who can really shoot it. Paul was more of a passing guy, but the way he can adapt to his line mates, I think, is where you're really going to see that kind of hockey IQ, hockey awareness kind of be on display for Gabe Velarde. And yeah, I mean, as a guy who has played some center in the NHL um, on that line, it's going to be nice for Mark to have a bit of insulation when it comes to you know, third forward high, first guy back in the D zone, all of those sorts of things. And I mean, his intuition is something that we've really noticed uh, early on here from Velarde. And and that pass he made to Kyle Connor is a great example. Um, He didn't really shoulder check. And when he was asked about it, he said he just sort of felt like Kyle Connor was going to be there. But at the same time, this wasn't just a prayer between the legs, no look pass. It was something that he had thought about and anticipated Connor being there. And, abs- you know, Kyle Connor absolutely ripped that puck past Dustin Wolf before he knew it was on his stick. So those are the types of things you're looking for in terms of chemistry building. And, and that's a great example, even though it came during a man advantage scenario. But, yeah, going back to Iafalo, I li- I've loved how he's fit in on that line. You'll be able to play him anywhere. The Jets are super fortunate with uh, Nemesnikov and Iafalo that you can play these guys. They're Swiss Army Knife uh, one and two, if you will. You can play him up and down the lineup. The benefit with Nemesnikov is you can play him at center if you need him there. But uh, those two guys have really uh, done a nice job so far. And, you know, for Mason Appleton, you know, he needs to stay healthy also. We've been talking about health a lot, Huss, in this segment. But he needs to stay healthy because he's the kind of guy that is going to have to show he can be a double-digit goal scorer or else Nemesnikov is a guy that may be used in that spot, Huss. I mean, we know that in one of his first two several games – 
it was Nemesnikov on that line going up against Connor McDavid on that Saturday night home game against the Oilers. And Nemesnikov, I think, had a goal and an assist. And and I think they kept McDavid off the board entirely. They certainly did it five on five. So uh, that's the internal competition we've been talking about from the very beginning. Uh, Morgan Barron is a guy who you know showed some flair and potential as a third line player, but is now on the fourth. So that competition's not ending when training camp ends, Us. Those guys are going to want to be in a battle for minutes. And they also want to show Rick Bonus that even if they aren't on the third line, that they can count on that fourth line to be playing 10 or 12 minutes rather than six or seven, which is a situation that the Jets can't get themselves into this year. This is not a knock on Appleton. I've always been a fan of his. I, If it was up to me, I think I'm putting a Metznikoff with, uh, with I Fallow and Lowry. Uh, I mean, now... Nemetsikov certainly brings something to that fourth line if he's playing there that brings it to another level. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, to your point, there is pressure on Appleton to be healthy, to be out there, and to be producing because the potential for that line has been ratcheted up with Aya Fallow there and certainly the way Adam Lowry finished his season and has started so far in training camp. And I think with the amount of heavy lifting that line does, um, if they can make it a little more offensive and spend a little bit more time in the offensive end, I, I think you will see the results come from that. And that certainly is, uh, uh, you know, it will be something that we'll be following, you know, the right side of about line three and four when it comes to Appleton and Vlad Nemetsnikov. Ken Weaves with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Weaver, uh, let's talk about the blue line quickly. <clears throat> we knew that it was packed. It was a bit of a log jam. Now, obviously there's been a couple guys nicked up that have missed a little bit of time, but give us your, the Ken Weeb power <laughs> pull right now when it comes to the bottom of that depth chart fighting for, I mean, let's just assume the top six is the top six. What's the depth chart right now in your mind when it comes to seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 with the likes of Billy Declan Chisholm, Logan Stanley and uh, Capo Bianco. Yeah, right now, Huss, I would say the uh, the youngsters probably have a little bit of leg up uh, in terms of how they've performed and they've done what they've needed to do. But now, again, is when it gets interesting for those guys. They need to do it against NHL lineups now. They've done it nicely against mostly AHL lineups, uh, you know, against the Oilers. Yeah, it was a little bit more veteran-laden, but they wasn't against 97 or 29 uh, now you know they're going to face a little bit of a tougher battle here. Now I find it I find it interesting that Chisholm was given the first opportunity to run the first power play rather than Hanela. Uh, but in terms of the five on five play, actually I thought Billy's game was slightly ahead of Chisholm's maybe in game two. Uh, I thought they were pretty even in game one. Uh, certainly not ready to make any declarations, but I would say that those guys are both you know uh, have really done a nice job of keeping themselves in the discussion. Uh, nowhere close to cutting themselves, in the words of Rick Bonus. Uh, Logan Stanley obviously gets points for his willingness to step up for Cole Perfetti. But in the grand scheme of things, Huss, uh, through no fault of his own, uh, because it was absurd that that was called an instigator and a fighting major when the other guy turtled, and the, you know, the instigation was the hit itself. It wasn't the fight. The fight always happens after a hit like that. I didn't like the way that that was called. Um, and I wouldn't have liked it if it was called that way, if it had been a Jets player hitting a Flames player. And the Flames yeah, what player about before was... they added the five-minute measure. I mean, it looked like the oh. Jets were going to be shorthanded at that point. I was up in 316 ridiculous. losing my mind. At the no, moment. I know. Huh? Same thing. It was absolutely ridiculous. So so what? I'm, that's my long-winded way of saying that 
everyone pointing to time on ice, Huss, in this debate. Huss, the reason why the time on ice has such a disparity, Logan Stanley spent a period in the penalty box. And that, like, that didn't mean that the coach didn't want to play him. Now, having said that, Logan Stanley is going to need to do something to differentiate himself in terms of his on-ice play, whether that's hits or... Uh, you know, net front presence or penalty killing or some of those other things, because he's not asked to do the same job as Declan Chisholm or Vili Hainala. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from both of the young kids in terms of their ability to, you know, close on their opponent, uh, you know, hit and pin, seal a little bit, get moving. But Rick Bonus was not thrilled about the retrievals, and he was also talking to those young players in that game itself. Now, Calgary did a great job of getting in on the forecheck using their big bodies. Uh, to be, you know, kind of impose their will physically. But as the game went on, those young guys started to move the puck a little better. Now now it's all about puck movement for those guys. Uh, you know, if they get some power play time, they're going to have to take advantage. But for the most part, I would say that I, Villy is kind of, Villy and Chisholm kind of neck and neck. Uh, Kappa Bianco, I would have put probably in that mix. But now the fact that Kappa Bianco has been injured, it almost puts him to the back of the bus house. And I know that's unfair, but it's kind of like the football if you can't make the team from the tub kind of situation for Kappa Bianco. So although I liked his first game, uh, the fact that he's going to have this nagging groin injury might kind of knock him. It doesn't mean that he's going to be waived for sure. You know, maybe, you know, if it doesn't progress this next week, maybe he goes on IR. I know you talked about that with Murad a little bit this week, but that's not to say that that's the way it's going to play out either. Uh, but right now, I would say the young players are ahead of Logan Stanley in terms of the things they needed to do. But I think that this to me, Huss is like the CFL. The season really only starts after Labor Day. So for all of these players in that discussion, including Stanley, I think they need to start showing that now against NHL competition. Now, what we also know is that with Nate Schmidt out, they're going to need to get Nate Schmidt some games in the last two games. So I don't know how many more opportunities are going to be available for those young players in Hanela and Chisholm. So show, do something to differentiate yourself this evening. That would be my advice to them. Uh, because if they do that, now that difficult decision that Rick Bonus talked about having to make at the start of training camp could be upon us in just over one week's time, I guess. All right, Kenny, listen, we've just got a couple minutes left. Hacksaw is going to jump on right away. Yep. Let's take off your, you can throw the press creds under the bed. (laughs) You can take your big J hat off. Let's put the fan hat on for a minute. How are you feeling about the Blue Jays going into this final week? And I mean, is the magic number one? Well, it's two because Seattle uh, rallied last night in the ninth against Aroldis Chapman. So it is a it is a magic number of two uh, on Seattle, I believe. So, so how are you feeling right now? And and, and what yeah. what's the best case scenario for the Blue Jays this weekend in your mind as it pertains? Like, is it actually finishing in the third wild card and going up against the Twins, or is it just get in, make sure that Gosman doesn't have to pitch that last game, have your ace <laughs> on the hill in game number one, and see what happens. Yeah, Huss, the best case scenario for them is to take at least two out of three from the Tampa Bay Rays here. Uh, you know, in terms of matchups, Huss, uh, you know me, I'm a little bit greedy in terms of how I'm viewing my viewing habits. Uh, for me, if the Jays happen to be going to Minnesota as the third wild card, there may be a vehicle headed towards Minnesota because the Jets just so happen to have an off day on Tuesday for the AL AL wildcard uh, activity. So there, there could be some, uh, 
some some trekking down the I-29, if you will. Uh, if so, personally, I'm willing that to happen. But uh, in terms of the injuries that the Tampa Bay Rays have sustained recently, uh, although their pitching staff is still can give the Jays fits, especially with Tyler Glasnow, I do think their best matchup is probably Minnesota. Having said that, Tampa Bay is pretty beaten up right now. But the, the key for them, uh, after getting kind of uh, had the bats at held at bay by both Michael King and Garrett Cole, uh, that 6 nothing win was very crisp. Chris Bassett has had an unbelievable season. Huss on the mound. Uh, they just need to get Vladdy rolling. George Springer's got it going. I think even uh, you know Dalton Varshow's got his bat going near the bottom of the lineup. Kevin Biggio. I, I know I told you this, I think the first time I ever saw Kevin Biggio at spring training in Dunedin, that, you know, watch this guy. He's going to be a stud. Uh, that that take has not been, uh, you know, a very great one to this point. But his, his DFA'd earlier this his, year. And his now second he's half has been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable defensively, offensively, clutch hitting, all of those things. So I think the Jays have put themselves in a good spot. But like you said, if they can have Gosman go in game one and then either Bassett or Barrios in game two, I think they'll be... Uh, in a really good spot. But uh, yeah, a lot of things going well for the Jays. I don't like the way they run the bases. They've run themselves into a lot of outs, but uh, they've got a lot of things going right now. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. And uh, I know you talked about it with uh, Scotty earlier this week. Uh, Our thoughts are with the Snow family in Calgary. And uh, on a local note to Huss, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time out at the Tamarack. And uh, obviously my thoughts are are with the Fowlers after the passing of uh, of Lois this week. Uh, she's an unbelievable lady and I'm very fortunate to have spent a lot of time with her these last few years. And uh, we're thinking about the uh, Fowlers and their extended family right now in this difficult time for them. Yeah, definitely passing on uh, sympathies to them as well. Kenny, great stuff as always. Um, get those uh, remotes ready, the screens <laughs> prepared for this evening. Uh, because you got a lot on your plate with the Jets. And again, the Jets, Sens is on TSN 3. Bombers, Argos on TSN 1. Figure it out and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the game. And keep keep me posted on those uh, the potential vehicle on I-29 <laughs> midweek next week. Maybe you can make something happen on that. Yeah, right on, Hassan. Uh, looking forward to Hacksaw's uh, thoughts on this and your thoughts on the uh, the uh, expanding uh, Chiefs Chiefsdom with the Swifties. Uh, I yeah. wonder how that's uh, how those combo platters are coming together. Taking over the world. You know what? By the way, and <laughs> I'll get to this with Hacksaw in a minute. But the fact that she's going to be apparently at the game on Sunday, I have already asked Pat Gregoire and the folks at Coolbet to get us a number. Seriously, an over under number on the TV audience for this game. Because I think the Sunday night footballs have been regularly in around 20 million. Like, well, we're going to see. We're going to literally see it via the numbers what this, uh, what the T Swift effect is. Yeah. It will be extra millions and millions of people. So uh, we'll figure it out. And, and to think about that, to watch Zach Wilson in prime time just goes to show the star power of the, uh, the queen of. Uh, of pop music right uh, right now. Anyways, Kenny, great stuff, man. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you as well, Huss. Thanks for having me. Take care, my man. All right, good stuff. There's our boy, Ken Weeb. Yes, Hacksaw is coming up. Um, folks, don't forget, tonight, it's a 7 o'clock start, Bombers Argos. The game is sold out. Um, but if you're going to the game, get there early. Princess Auto Tailgate Zone opens at 5 p.m. I... I regret that I don't know the name, but they've got a Juno-nominated artist playing at the Princess Auto Tailgate tonight. And maybe most importantly, $5 beers, $3.50 popping hot dogs, the best atmosphere in the CFL pregame. 
Everyone will be uh, get ready to get loud, get in there early, welcome Andrew Harris back to the peg, and then see the Bombers hopefully go to 11-4 and four and set up that first-place showdown next week in the West for, uh, for the Western Division with the BC Lions. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk, two locations in Winnipeg, Portage Avenue West, Panet Road, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. I know the Consolidated Supply fellas are ready for the game tonight. Might see my guy Joe down there, Spicy, and the rest of the gang. Uh, but they're still busy, folks, uh, because with this weather, still lots of time to uh, work on irrigation systems for your property. Not to mention artificial turf, both indoor and outdoor, um, and golf carts. Um, well, we might not be on the golf course anymore. They've got some incredible vehicles for industrial use as the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba and other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And of course, Consolidated Supply, also the leaders in small engine parts and repair. So much waiting for you at Consolidated Supply for both your business or your home and property. Get on down to their showroom, open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East, or you can find out more online at their website at cte.ca. Uh, hey, might be time for a quick pop by Royal Sports before the game tonight. If you uh, want to get some new Bomber merchandise to uh, wear at the game and getting ready for the playoffs, Royal Sports is the spot. Tons of great exclusive pieces of Bomber merch that you can't find anywhere else, not to mention thousands of pieces of Jets merch getting ready for the season coming up in a couple weeks, not to mention NFL Blue Jays, and so much more. And hey, Royal Sports also with the puck dropping on hockey season. The hockey superstore in Winnipeg, family-owned for over 40 years. Get on down to Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And make sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And we were just talking about getting those remotes ready for the two games tonight with the Jets on the road and the Bombers at home. If you're not Lucky enough to have a ticket for the game tonight. Your next best place to go is, of course, your local Boston pizza. Watch the Jets and the Bombers at the same time. Enjoy those delicious Boston wings, ice-cold schooners, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. And, hey, if you are staying at home, you can always get the great taste of BP by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's do it. It's Hacksaw time, Friday afternoon. We'll get marbles going in uh, in a little bit, but we welcome in for the NFL Notebook, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And, Lee, I never thought that I'd be leading off with this, but um, were you a Swifty before, and uh, are you a Swifty now as Taylor Swift has entered the NFL universe and has taken over? Hustler, how much is too much? <laughs> this is too much. I just want to watch the game. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I don't need all the other ancillary stuff. That's okay for somebody else. Just show me Mahomes in Kansas City and the next game they're playing. America has just gone crazy. What's really important here? Her or the games? Come on now. You're well, well put it this guy. way. When you're playing outfits like the Chicago Bears, um, Maybe it was a good thing for the NFL that she was there. Although, think of how bad you have to be to get that game taken off of national TV at halftime when Taylor Smith is in uh, Taylor Swift's in the house, and the entire internet is breaking right now. The Bears were so dreadful, and in some ways, Taylor Swift probably saved prime time again because the Jets 
have Zach Wilson at quarterback and not a lot of hope right now. I mean, just quickly on the Zach Wilson situation, um, it, it seems like there's a lot of frustration in that Jet locker room right now because they have such a great team in just about every other spot and yet they're not getting quarterbacking that's anywhere near an NFL level. And it's a big reason why um, they won't come anywhere close to meeting their high expectations at the beginning of the season without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, their numbers are really shocking to me. And I thought Zach Wilson had a chance to probably be better this year because they went out and they got wide receivers that were not there the first two years when he was starting, when they imported these guys with Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. The offensive line, which has been just shredded by injuries, they had four offensive tackles gone last year with significant injuries. The offensive line is kind of back in pack, and he's just not playing well at all. And for a third-year guy this deep in his career not to be able to read defenses and for him to operate in the pocket as if he's in slow motion and his decision-making just seems to be behind the curve, um, he's taken so many sacks, 75 sacks in two and a half years as a starting quarterback with the Jets, and a ton of turnovers and the fumbles. And last week, Hustler, they were two for 14 on third downs. Uh, and he, he's going to lose the locker room if they don't get more competitive offensively. And this late date, I just don't know what Robert Soleil is going to do in terms of where do you go to get a quarterback at this point in time? I mean, the, the, the Colin Kaepernick thing is so far-fetched at this point because Kaepernick's been gone seven years from the NFL, and they just signed uh, Taylor Simeon, uh, ex-Denver Bronco quarterback, and he's a journeyman at best, and he hasn't played uh, much in the last couple of years. So that The Jets are in a world of hurt, and I'm just I'm shocked that Zach Wilson is not more composed and more intellectually grown as a quarterback in the league, he still looks like he's way behind the power curve. Oh, it's just, I think it's a disaster situation for the Jets. And you look at their defense and you look at what they put around that quarterback, they need a quarterback and get the job done. Yeah, he, he's a deer in the headlights every time and they, they snap the ball to him pretty much right now. Lee, um, there's some other big problems off the field. And I mean, listen, I know we're usually talking about the games and we will get to those, but um that video from Chandler Jones was disturbing. I mean, this is a person that is not in a great place. We hadn't talked a lot about this in the past, but I mean, this is a guy that was supposed to be an impact player for him. Not only is he there, he's seemingly breaking down online. What is going on with Jones and what are you hearing about his future with the Raiders and the situation with him? Well, I'm kind of aghast that it has deteriorated as fast as it has but you know what? These these guys are involved in a very physical sport and a rugged sport, and they take a lot of hits in this sport. And a guy who can be good on a Friday might wake up Monday morning and not be right and might not be well. Uh, this is a very scary mental health issue to me, and I'm the only one that I know that's, quote, use those words. But you don't act like this in private nor in public as it relates to his constant harass on social media against the entire Raider infrastructure and what he's doing in the middle of the night. And now he got himself arrested at a, at a home for violation of a domestic order to protect his family. He was in a mental health facility and finally was checked out. I just asked the question, where's his agent in all this? Because the agent is the buffer. The agent is the one that can jump in and grab the client and get him some help. Where's the union in all this? He is a card-carrying member and a pro bowler 
as a part of the union. There are all these programs available. This, this guy just seems to be out there on his own with all these conflicts and all these problems, and there doesn't seem to be anybody stepping forward. And I, I know he attacked Dave Ziegler and he attacked Josh McDaniels. But at the end of the day, those guys need to step forward and pick up the flag and go meet with him and help him get the kind of help. And it seems to me that Chandler Jones is just out there by himself and it just gets worse and worse. So uh, this is a bad ending. I don't think he's going to be in the NFL for a, a period of time until they can figure out whether it's mental health, whether there's something going on in terms of concussions that impacts his thinking you know, blows to the different lobes of the brain can really change a player or whether he's bipolar and there's something else that can be addressed. But this guy needs help. And I don't see that help coming from his agent, from the union, especially from the Raiders. And I think they owe it to him to just guide him to get him some help. Uh, Lee, what's going on in the Chargers secondary? Uh, it's really bad. J.C. Jackson was a pro bowler at 25 interceptions with Belichick in New England and jumped to the Chargers a year ago and signed a massive contract. I mean, I was stunned, an $82 million deal. That's not the way the Chargers have done business. I went back and looked at video when he played in New England, and my goodness, he was athletic, and he was just everywhere making plays. He comes to the Chargers, and it's like he's a lost soul. And I guess my, my critique is not so much against J.C. Jackson, although he probably deserves to take some heat, because I don't know that he works his craft. I don't think he practices real hard. My problem with the Chargers is you signed a check for $82 million with a guy that can't play press coverage, and that's what Brandon Staley plays. Last year's first five games, he was horrific. Guys were running by him, and he had just no clue what he was doing. I, I don't think he's a student of the game. He's an athlete. And then he starts this year after coming off knee surgery, and he gets smoked by Miami in the first half of the first game. I think we might have talked about this. You know, he gave up pass plays of 27, 40, and 45 yards in the first quarter alone to the Miami Dolphins. Now he's been benched, and now he's got this legal mess back in Massachusetts with domestic problems and failure to appear in court and not paying a fine and not going to the counseling. This guy right now is on the outside looking in. And on, on top of everything else, last night after practice, he criticizes Brandon Staley and asked the media, <laughs> what else can I do? I practice? And I'm in the film rooms and the meetings. Well, you need to be a better athlete. You need to be in better conditioning. You need to be a student of the game. And you need to take care of your legal issues back in Massachusetts, which are threatening to pull them right off the field. It's, it's just a disaster with a team that's playing horrific defense for a head coach whose resume has defense stapled on the front page of itself. Chargers play the Raiders this week. Both these teams are in big trouble. Axaw, we got Falcons Jags coming up from uh, London uh, this weekend, and I believe Jags went back to back overseas. Um, what's the latest on uh, the international uh, experiment of the uh, of the NFL? Well, it's good that you touched on that point because this story is just breaking. I don't know if it's gotten nationwide coverage yet. Obviously, Jacksonville has been one of the teams that's gone to play in London, and has kind of pioneered the international games brought in England. The fact that you know, we got all these games there. The National Football League is finally confirmed. They are talking about a process of changing the schedule. And what they're talking about, because everybody plays 17 now. One year you play eight at home, the next year you play nine at home. Now they're rethinking that. And they're talking about everybody would play eight and eight, and everybody would play an international game. That would mean there'd be 32 teams available. There would be 16 international games. And this kind of folds in 
to what the NFL's been doing behind closed doors. They got people in Paris. They got people in Berlin. They got people in, I think it's Barcelona, Spain. Uh, obviously, Tokyo, Mexico City, Brazil. They're talking about other games in other international venues. And if you're going to go to the 8 and 8 schedule with one international game for every team, you have, you have 16 opportunities now to play globally. Uh, they get they had their people down in Melbourne, Australia this past week. Uh, I think this is a real fast track thing for the NFL to take this global thing to where it's never ever been, which is a ton of different places. And the NFL flag right now it is red hot in terms of marketing. So I don't know that this will happen for 2024, but I would bet by 2025 we could see 16 international games, maybe four to, four of them in England. Uh, maybe two in Paris and two in Germany and two in Spain, and then you hopscotch to these other locales. That's the next thing on the horizon. Well, and, uh, you know, we're starting to get the London games, and uh, we're going to have, the, I, I guarantee, I mean, this Chiefs-Dolphins matchup will be the best, at least on paper, yep. international game they've ever had. It's too bad that Tyreek Hill's return against the Chiefs wasn't at Arrowhead, but that game's in early November in Frankfurt, and that one, that'll get me get some people up. Uh, up early and uh, the ticket response in Germany was incredible for that. That is a uh, a hot ticket even overseas. Um, Haxa, it was supposed to be Mahomes versus Rogers on prime time. Now we know who the headliner is of that game, but there's still some pretty intriguing games on the docket, including the Miami Dolphins, who just put up a 70 spot on Sean Payton at the Broncos. God, that was sweet. Um, going into Buffalo, what a great tilt in the noon slate. Um, to get things going. Is it Sunday yet? <laughs> Bring it on. Um, Miami, 550 yards per game. That's what they're doing with this, this quick offense. You know, they've changed everything with Tua uh, out of the shotgun, almost nonstop. Ball gets out of the pocket. No pressure. You can't rush him because he gets the ball away. Uh, Tua is thrown for 1,028 yards already uh, in the first three games of the season got a 122 quarterback rating. I think he's only taken one sack and one hit in the first three games. So they've redesigned everything that Tua does offensively. Those wide receivers, Tyreek and Waddle, 16 and 20 yards per catch. The running backs are just busting big plays, catching the ball out of the backfield. Miami's the complete deal. Now, they're going to Buffalo. And Buffalo is Josh Allen, and that offense is averaging 383 yards per game. But Hustler... Buffalo is defense, and Buffalo has given up only 253 yards per game. Buffalo's got 12 sacks. they got nine takeaways, and when you have the ball on third down, you're only converting 31% of your opportunity. So, I mean, Buffalo's defense just brings it. So how cool is this going to be, the quick twitch passing attack of Miami against Buffalo's guys who are going to go get that quarterback? That's, that's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, what are we hearing about Deshaun uh, Watson? Uh, I was all ready to pick Cleveland in the lock shop earlier. We were making our picks, and then I see that he's questionable and has barely thrown this year. I, I was leaning Cleveland because their defense has been absolutely lights out, um, but I had to sort of stay away knowing that if he's not there, not really too sure. Not that he's been lights out or anything like that, but uh, what's the latest on that Browns-Ravens match you're hearing, Hacksaw? Well, we got Cleveland's defense, and that is the storyline. What Jim Schwartz has done there in terms of pressure, in terms of defensive line play, has just been absolutely amazing. I think Watson, he threw a little bit today. He's got a shoulder bruise. i got to believe he's going to be there 
But they got another problem because they just re-signed Kareem Hunt. He's got a groin issue. And I don't even know if Kareem Hunt is going to play. And Hunt was supposed to be kind of the backup uh, to replace Nick Chubb. So I don't know what, what Hunt's status is. But Cleveland statistics are just mind-boggling. In the NFL, where, you know, everybody throws for 300 yards and everybody gets 400 yards in offense per Sunday, Cleveland's given up 163 a game. We'll figure that. On third down, Cleveland's allowing conversion only 19% of the time. And when you drop back in the pocket, Andrew, to throw against Cleveland, those quarterbacks are averaging just 48% completion rate. So, I mean, Cleveland statistically is winning at virtually every every facet of the game. So the Browns, although their offense may be a little bit limited, Baltimore's got some issues with injuries. There is no Odell Beckham. He lasted a and a half, and now he's got an ankle issue. Lamar Jackson is having to do a lot of it by himself because the running game is kind of busted up since the loss of J.K. Dobbins. So Cleveland could take down Baltimore, but it, it won't be a pretty game. It'd be more like a – it's not a masterpiece, maybe a smudged finger painting when you got Cleveland's defense beaten on what little offense Baltimore has. So good game, not going to be a pretty game, though. Uh, what uh, what else do we uh, have just as far as the uh, the weekend? I mean, uh, Chargers Raiders coming up. I, I, uh, let me ask you about the Pats Cowboys game because that one to me, it, I mean, it's a six and a half point spread right now. The Cowboys look like I mean, looked like we were on a collision course for maybe a battle of undefeateds next week when they take on the Niners in prime time. I mean, they got stunned by the Cardinals and uh, and they're going up against a, a Patriots team that certainly has. Issues offensively and Mac Jones being up and down, but a defense that is legit. Appalling loss for the Cowboys. I mean, I would have bet my mortgage that Dallas would have won. Couldn't believe that Arizona somehow, some way with a third-string quarterback like Josh Jobs got that thing done. I don't know whether Dallas wasn't mentally ready, because um, I don't think Arizona's got a great defense. And they just they look so out of sync. Now, they'll come back. I think they'll get this thing fired back up. And by the way, they lost in the whole equation now as, as New England plays to Dallas is the return of Ezekiel Elliott. And he had he had 80 yards rushing last week, and New England finally got him into the offense. So they're going to try to play ball control, and they're going to play really good Belichick defense. And we'll just have to see whether Dak gets these wide receivers back in gear because those guys didn't. They weren't getting open, and I didn't, I didn't think they ran precise routes. I was kind of stunned at how poorly – Dallas played against Arizona, but I think they'll crack the crank this thing up. But you do have Dak, but you got Belichick's defense. That back end, all those young guys are really playing well for the Patriots in the secondary. I totally forgot about Zeke's return to Dallas. That that will be fun to watch. Um, folks, you know that LeeHacksawHamilton.com is where you need to go on a daily basis to make yourself the smartest person in the room. Lee also now has the podcast. He's on YouTube. He's on Instagram. Lee, I've got to tell you, this is, this is, I learned this from Michael Remus, the CTO, Johnny Clickbait. Uh, you know what you need to do for your next edition of Hacksaw is just put in the title, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, Chiefs, maybe work in a few Taylor Swift references into it and just watch the views pile up right now. Uh, honestly, what do you think this is going to do to the Sunday night viewing audience? I'm already getting the guys that we work at the book to give us an over-under on it. I think it might smash records. It probably will. Uh, I don't know what it says about America, that America needs something like this to go beyond an NFL showdown game. It is the Jets. I know, but it is America. You know, America goes towards the, well, now Canada too, the shiny object. 
you look at the shiny object out there. So, but I'll tell you, that's not bad. I might do an Instagram uh, when I come back on Monday and how much is too much? And I think we'll get a few responses to that. Holy cow. I told you the story last week. I did one about, is this the right coach? Talking about the Chargers coach and the bad decisions. And in the first 33 hours, that Instagram post was up. We had 101,000 hits in the first 33 hours. It's like well over 200,000 now in the in the first week. So those people are out there. You just have to hit the right button. Well, exactly. You combine that with Taylor Swift, and we're talking millions. And by the way, you almost had the ability to do the exact same damn thing last Monday with Staley going forward on fourth and one, not getting it, but still winning the game. People are still talking about that game around here. It was a wild one. Hacksaw, thanks for doing this. Have an awesome weekend and uh, enjoy Sunday night football, the full games on the weekend. And uh, we'll find out what is too much. And uh, I don't think we're close yet, to be perfectly honest with you. Just wait till you see what NBC has in store for us Sunday night. Oh, I think there'll be all types of musical interludes with uh, Wifty in there in between the breaks. It's just, it's how much is too much. That's all I got to say. Hey, have yourself a great sports weekend, Hustler. We'll catch you next Friday. You're the best, Lee. There it is, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Uh, get to the YouTube channel. And, of course, go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Links are all there. And, uh, man, it's just uh, much like our conversations are uh, elite, so is everything Lee's got over at the site. Um. All right, we, uh, we've got to get to marbles. Marbles are open right now, so exclamation mark marbles. You know how that works, everybody. Um, I can tell you, and we'll get to this in the cool bet lines in a minute, but um, kind of mentioned off the top, um, was looking forward to finishing off September with some great golf reports, and a big thanks again to our friends at Breezy Bend who have been with us for another great golf season. If you are thinking about a great long-term home for you and your family at one of Winnipeg's top private courses, Breezy is the spot. Talk to our pal Corey Johnson um, over at the clubhouse or go to breezyben.ca for more information about getting on the waiting list for the 2024 season. And uh, got to tell you, it was an absolute massacre in the first two rounds of the Ryder Cup. The Euros playing at home in Italy up six and a half to one and a half after the first two rounds uh, we'll get to the matchups for round three coming up in just a second in the cool bet lines. Um, and hey, Bomber fans, don't forget Little Brown Jug 1919 available now at at the uh, at IG Field. And of course, Jet fans, both 1919 and Generic, our new favorite summer beer available at Canada Life Center as Little Brown Jug is official partners with both your Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Jets. If you're at the game tonight looking for 1919, you can find it at the Poutinery locations on both the upper and lower level, as well as the uh, hometown concession stand. And again, hey, beautiful weather this weekend. Last call for patio time at Little Brown Jug down on William Avenue. Check them out at littlebrownjug.ca as well with local delivery options. Um, all right, let's get Remo back in here. Good stuff with Hacksaw today. I was wondering whether Hacksaw was a Swifty or not. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that he was not totally into it, but uh, I am looking forward to seeing what the spectacle is like on Sunday if she actually shows up again and uh, once again breaks the internet. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Very committed to knowing everything there is. I want to know what's the getaway car this week. I guess it's in New York. Maybe there's not a car because he's chopper. Chopper. Yeah, ch- chopper. There there it is. There it is. What's, uh, what are you going to be dipping her chicken fingers in 
at the game. Seemingly ranch again this week. Ketchup and seemingly ranch. Yeah, can you talk about that? That I mean, never seen anything like this. But yeah. um, also never seen anything like Zach Wilson. So anything, it's almost like the NFL might be paying Taylor off. Not that she needs money at all to uh, boost interest in games involving the Chicago Bears and New York Jets at this point in the uh, this point in the schedule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, I'll be tuned in. And not for the football, because, yeah, who wants to watch the Jets? I want to see all the shots of Taylor Swift. What new era Chiefs merchandise will she be wearing that will be skyrocketing in sales immediately after? The whole thing is uh, pretty mind-blowing. You know, I have a uh, – I've got an autographed Travis Kelsey football. Yeah. Oh, I, wonder, I, 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 I wonder I what that sort of memorabilia so has got up. Not, not I, that – it's even more special to me now than it was beforehand. Uh, because, of course, you know, the world's number one couple mm-hmm. have got a nice little signed piece of memorabilia from the, from someone that apparently, according to some, that Taylor Swift put on the map, which uh, which is well, hilarious. The other talk is biggest, uh, most popular Halloween costume this year is going to be Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. On a, a Kelsey jersey and you're done. Either that or get uh, get that. Um, well, I know that outfit that he wore on Sunday sold out immediately. Oh, did so, it? Uh, what was oh, yeah. It? Like, I mean, I don't know. It looked like it was sort of acid wash, but apparently it might have had something to do. Well, again, I've been spending a lot of time in these Taylor Swift streets on the Internet lately. So mm-hmm. there's all sorts of theories about literally everything that he's done, how it pertains to her. I won't get into them. That 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 is really why we do need to do start a separate show just on this topic that will immediately eclipse everything that we've worked so hard to establish with the Winnipeg Sports Talk. Just talking about that issue as well. Um, hey, listen, we'll get to the cool bet lines in a minute. Again, marbles open, exclamation mark marbles. you got about five minutes to get those in. Uh, but, Remo, quickly, let's hear from Bones um, because Rick did speak after practice today before the club went wheels up to Ottawa. Just quick in and out today. No hotel time. Um, but um, first things first, Bones with a little bit of an injury update post-practice today. Uh, Apple, uh, Appleton didn't skate with us, obviously, but uh, he thinks he'll be ready to go uh, for Monday, so he should be on the ice with us tomorrow. Same with Natrimit, you know, he should be on the ice with us tomorrow. Ehlers uh, still feeling a little bit, but he should be cleared to play on Monday. Uh, Cole obviously skating out there, so we're getting there. All right, Bones with a little bit of an injury update. Shout out to our guy Dave Manuk of Illegal Curve who was out there this morning, got a chance to hang with Dave a little bit. Big IC show tomorrow, 9 a.m. You know where to find him. Rennie coming on and Craig Button as well. Um, Here's a little bit more courtesy of Dave. Um, He talked about poor Cody Barlow not getting into a game due to being sick for the last week. Well, unfortunately, he hasn't been on the ice with us. So it's, I talked to him this morning. It's more about his getting his health back more than anything right now. But uh, it, so, and he's not going to get into a game. So what they're picking up now, I'm not very concerned about it, honestly. If they were going to play a game, then you got to be on top of it and you know, you're understanding what we're doing. He's not going to play a game for us. So for me, the most important thing for him, get healthy, get feeling good again, and we'll go from there. All right, so there's a Rick bonus on uh, Colby Barlow who unfortunately has missed the majority of training camp um, after uh, coming in for his first one with lots of excitement as the Jets' first-round pick in Nashville earlier this summer. One more from Coach, and this is just on 
his situation coming in this year, um, is the second year as coach uh, maybe a little easier than uh, what he had on his plate last year, Bones? Yeah, last year was a lot more difficult because we had to change up quite a few things. They, this year we're just we're tweaking things. But until we get our lineup on the ice in, in a game, and, and we'll hopefully we'll have most of our lineup ready to go on Monday, then we'll get a better feel of where we are. Uh, we can practice one thing. We can show videos and other things. We can know, do all of that. We've got to put them in a game situation against an NHL team. Calgary will have a good lineup on uh, on Monday. I know Ottawa's coming in here next Thursday with pretty much their lineup. And we're hoping to do this same thing and then we'll have a better feel okay this is this is where we really need to focus on prior to the season opener um you, you know what Reem? Uh, one thing i'll say and i know rick sort of said they're looking to have most of their lineup on monday i sincerely hope that tyrell bauer has a spot in the lineup for the calgary game considering what happened on wednesday um i think you're able to uh, maybe dress an extra guy or two he'd be my choice for the lineup for Calgary, in addition to everybody else Bones wants to uh, to play to get ready for the season in the NHL. Yeah, are we going to have any fireworks like we did the other day? Like, is that Pospisil even going to be in the lineup? Doesn't even matter. Just go after whoever <laughs> on Calgary. Just give him a little, you know, away from the play. No pucks, nowhere near. Give him, Line side elbow to the head. Just give a nice elbow. Yeah, the back of the head. So, so they can't prepare themselves for uh, when it when it hits. So that being uh, said, I would just love to see him uh, drop him again. He's not in the lineup tonight against the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, but a lot of people are still talking about that till the beginning of the game over on Wednesday night. All right, last call for marbles, everyone. Get him in! Exclamation mark marbles. Let's get to the cool bet lines again we just finished the lock shop fridays are always our biggest show in nfl season we've got our best bets we've got a couple in the exclusives but we'll start off with tonight bombers steady at seven and a half point favorites at home against the toronto argonauts tonight total is 48 and a half the bc lions 10 point favorites against the riders in the late game dusty's gonna have that call from vancouver uh alouettes and red blacks on saturday montreal Two-point favorites in Ottawa and the Calgary Stampeders and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A battle of four and ten teams going at it in the hammer. Hamilton, two-point favorites. We just hit uh, you know, a couple of the big games in the National Football League. We can tell you that the Bills are now three-point favorites over the Miami Dolphins. Um, Patriots, six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Dallas. Uh, the Chiefs, eight-and-a-half-point favorites in New York to take on the Jets in that primetime Sunday night game. Uh, but a lot of really close games. Um, Rams-Colts, basically a pick em right now. Steelers, three-point favorites over the Texans. The Browns, one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, the the battle of the basement, the Denver Broncos inexplicably well no there is an explanation this is just how bad the bears have been they gave up 70 points last week and they're three point favorites on the road with an 0 and three record um but over to the exclusives we go the lock shop section has the winnipeg or our cfl parlay that is up right now it's plus 630 we've got the bombers minus seven and a half we've got the rough riders plus ten and a half and the Alouettes, minus one and a half. That one uh, comes in at plus 630. And I will tell you that we do have, they're not up yet, but pay attention to 
the exclusive section. The Lock Shop Partner Parlay will be going up soon. We've got Miami plus three and a half in Buffalo. We've got Tampa plus three and a half in New Orleans. And under 39 and a half total in the Cleveland-Baltimore game. And then I've got a little teased uh, ride with Huss special. Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Washington plus ten and a half. New England plus seven and a half. And both of those will be in excess of five to one. Just waiting for them to get put up at CoolBet. And I've mentioned we now have Ryder Cup matchups for the early round tomorrow. This is going to get going about 12.30 Winnipeg time. And I believe this is now the first night was on Golf Channel. I'm pretty sure TSN is going to have these. Uh, McElroy and Fleetwood out first against Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Vic Hovland and uh, Ludwig Auberg against Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka. Uh, McElroy and Fleetwood, 167 favorites. Uh, Scheffler and Kepka, very slight favorites in the second matchup. Same thing with Lowry, Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka going up against Brian Harmon and Max Homa. And then the final matchup, John Rahm, Tyrrell Hatton, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, U.S. five points back after the first eight points. Total of 28, 14 and a half needed to win the Ryder Cup. If it is 14-14, U.S. will retain. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks over at CoolBet. And again, check out the Lock Shop video available at Edmonton Sports Talk site and uh, search Lock Shop wherever you get your favorite podcasts if you want to listen to what we've got cooking heading into NFL Sunday. Uh, all right, Reem, uh, we can last call and get going on marbles. What do you say? Sure, last call. Oh, we do have some Jets tweeting out uh, the projected lines here. Uh, so these are the Jets. We know we had Mike McIntyre's. We have Baron Lucius Ford, Ooh, Arkins okay, so Lambert, Janssen Fialbi, Malat Gustafson Reichel. Interesting that Gustafson's on the third yes. uh, forward line. And Mike had him on, on the top line. They put Lucius there. Ferguson, Tonernato, VL. Uh, Sandberg, Hanela, Stanley, Chisholm. Or sorry, Sandberg, Hanela, Stanley, Stalamonson, Chisholm. Lundmark, Brossois, and Delia. So those are the projected Jets lines. Search the Jets for putting these out so we don't have to speculate anymore. Yeah, so uh, everything we said about those lines earlier in the show, Yeah. ignore wrong. that. Ignore that. Um, this is what the Jets have put out, so we'll go with their official post earlier today. All right, let's get the uh, let's get the marbles sure. going. I'll Isha boy Bruce. Dusty on the call tonight? He's not on the call of the Bomber game. He will be on the call of the BC-Saskatchewan game. I'm not sure. I'd imagine probably Rod Smith in town to do the game, but I'm not entirely sure. Very busy night on TSN with the hockey game, with the uh, football game, and, of course, the golf. Oh, and I should give a shout-out to Schickster because Schickster is our resident expert in Aussie rules football, and tonight is the big one, Collingwood, Brisbane. 11.30 start here right now. Collingwood, minus 128 favorites. Brisbane, plus 110. Schickster, let me know in chat who I should be riding with tonight. And I will, uh, I'll, throw a little, uh, I'll throw a little sprinkle uh, sprinkle on it. All right, we've closed up the raffle. We're going to get everything going right now. And, uh, and then fire up the marbles. And Remo, while you were mentioning that, shout out to Winnipeg Walter. 
who uh, was, of course, the winner of the Consolidated Supply Marbles Tournament of Champions last December, winning a pair of Bomber Season tickets. I know Walter wasn't able to go to the game tonight, so we've got a pair of tickets. But I've actually got some uh, some Jim Beam social passes as well that uh, our friends at Canadian Club fired over. So um, did you do a raffle? Like, is there uh, okay, a so click on that thing? This is So Walter said to me, you know, can you give away the tickets and the marble race or something? And I don't enjoy doing that because every time we do, you know, you can't contact the winners. The person who wins can't go. So I made a separate uh, raffle. It's pinned in the comments. Uh, WinnipegSportsTalk.com slash contest. So I'm collecting names in there. I clicked uh, on that, though, and it says the giveaway has ended. Oh, did it? Okay, let me, I, may, I might have made it until three. That's probably why. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll extend did it. People, and, did people Yeah, we got uh, tons. Already... We got tons. Oh, okay, so, cool. And so if you so um, and then I got an email as well from Drew Music, who also gave away give me two tickets. So shout nice. out to list, listener and former Marble Race winner Drew Music. So we guess if you entered, you got a pretty good chance of getting some so, tickets. So so we'll just do this afterwards. Yeah, um, we'll just and do we'll, it after. when we'll email, we'll uh, we'll pick them and we will just email the winners. So if you entered the contest. Check your email half an hour after the show. And uh, if you've got either tickets or the uh, social passes, which are, you won't have a seat, but you will have a free CC and Ginger, we'll, uh, we'll get you set up yeah. with, uh, with that. And if you can make it, fantastic. If not, pass them on to someone that can go. So that is pinned in the comments. Yeah, it should. it's still going. It says there's like 20 minutes left. I have it till 3, 3.30. Excellent. Didn't, okay, I don't, I don't know why it doesn't work for me, but as long as it works for other people, that's what uh, that's what matters. Yeah, so here, let me grab. So how many entries do we have in this? 191. Nicely done. 191 folks looking for Marble's glory. Um, and you know what? Listen, while we've got it, I know there's some people that maybe just popped in later on in the program to get in the Marble race, and we'll check the rest of the show uh, or later on. Don't forget, gang, that uh, the WST group for our Winnipeg Jets ticket package continues to grow. Uh, we had such great response early on, and thank you again to everyone that jumped on uh, jumped on the package. Can't wait to hang and party with you all for those four games this year. Here's what you need to know if you've missed it. It's a four-game package for the Jets. We're doing it. We started off in Section 316 which is my favorite section where I'm normally there with my season tickets. We had four rows there. We filled those. We now across into section 317, but basically coming out the same aisle. Four great games. $375 taxes in for the entire pack. You'll get a free beer, drink, soda, or water at each of the games, and that's going to be done through the Winnipeg Jets app. The four games are awesome. Dubois' return Second game of the season, L.A. Kings, October 17th. November 30th, McDavid and the Oilers coming in, a Thursday night game. Saturday, January 27th against the Leafs. Jets will be wearing the 48 jerseys that night. And then the final game could be a huge one when it comes to the playoff race. April Thursday, April 5th against the Cal- – or April 4th against the Calgary Flames. Uh, all four games, all included – in section 316 and we'll have early entry for WSTers 
for those games, probably about a half hour before the doors open. We'll set up shop in that bar right outside our section. We'll do a fun raffle. We'll do a couple fun raffles, hang out, get a couple in us before the game, and uh, uh, have some fun WST get-togethers in addition to seeing four great Jet games this year. So if you haven't already, the link is in the description. Uh, first thing in the description of this YouTube video, and if you're listening to the podcast or finding this later, feel free to go to winnipegsportstalk.com. There's a link right there. Get on board with us, and hopefully we'll see you at the rink. And thanks again to everyone that's jumped on that. Cannot wait to get the crew together for four games this year. Uh, all right, Reem, let's, uh, let's do this. Okay, I have... Am I adding any entries, or I don't need to? Well, I mean... Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey sure have given us a lot of material this week. It, we almost owe them marbles. Uh, I think we should give Hacksaw, Ken, and Ed Tate a marble for today. Yes. Uh, Hacksaw, Ken, Ed Tate, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. So hopefully they don't win. I can throw those into it. One ninety-seven marbles. That's good. Oh, uh, you know. Um, tell you what. Let's give Andrew Harris a welcome back marble today. What? I know he's an Argo, but he's not playing. As we talk to Andrew, I still maintain the most impactful free agent signing maybe ever in the CFL. Certainly for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, so we hope that his team doesn't get a win, but he can get a marble tonight. Um, who else? <laughs> MC Stormy wants to knock Swifty off the track. Hacksaw what, already one shrug shoulder. Well, Hacksaw, listen, Hacksaw's in. Hacksaw is definitely, definitely in. Um, let's see who else. We are, are going to drop the marbles very soon. Yeah, I got a good a song. Billion dollars. This is the one an easy thing one. You can't buy what the one thing you can't buy with a billion dollars is a. Uh, it's a WST hoodie for winning the marble race. That's the, that's the thing. Um, mm, but listen, someone well, offered a billion. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. well, I'd have to think we, about it. We would it. consider it. We would consider it. Um, how about a uh, little Tristan Rivers music here to, uh, to get things going to uh, on a little Friday before marble. Sure. In honor of the Morgan Wallen concert yesterday, which neither of us went to, but many of the Jets did. Speaking of billions, yes. basically how much it costs to get in. Yes, here is... <laughs> The Tristan Rivers music uh, marbles song. It's Friday. Another week of work's gone by. You deserve to treat yourself. Maybe cream truck or bottle of beer Found the whole day in so lax you can't deny why use effort even for pleasure you blind luck and try it's time to do a marvel race nose can separate best to Truck beer, blue jeans, girl, go back from town. Truck, truck beer. 
truck. <laughs> the country <laughs> version. The country version. Yeah. Um, just speaking of that, while we get the marbles ready, uh, did anybody go to uh, anybody in the chat go to um, Morgan Wallen last night? Uh, I, there's that one song that we've all heard a million times that I'm familiar with that I don't know the name of. But again, we did talk. I, I could not believe. I think, what did you say yesterday, Remus? You looked on StubHub during the show and the cheapest t- ticket, the get-in price was 500 bucks? Oh, was, yeah, like four or $500 was the get-in. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Wow. Well, hey, that's uh, supply and demand, I guess. There was a huge demand. I think the entire team was there pretty much last night taking it in. We talked to Goose. He said they had a good time. And uh, and I know Connor, I was should have got Connor on today in and around now. He could have given us a review. The uh, 20-somethings were well represented last night at Morgan Wallen, and I know Connor was there. Um, so uh, there you mm-hmm. go. But a great, great choice of the uh, of the Marbles intro song uh, right now. Now, will you get that out? One thing I've been meaning to mention this. You told me about this on Monday, Reem. I got to give a shout out, and this is just a great WST moment, to Randy D and Yin Vivian, who, uh, what was the story? They apparently knew each other like 30 years ago and reconnected in the chat and ended up meeting up at Tim Hortons to have a coffee and to do a little reconnecting. Some more magic from the WST chat. Yeah, let me, um, let me just pull this up. I got an email the other day from them that they, yeah, they knew each other. I think they went to high school or something and hadn't seen each other for a while. Let me pull up. Yin. I see Yin in the chat. Randy D's in there. We met him at the uh, trivia night. Uh, she said, two WST chatters have a reunion at St. Vitale. Tim Hortons haven't seen each other for 30 years. Randy and Yin. So shout out to, oh, the sh- Yin in chat says old friends. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Incredible. It was, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, just another, as Eric said, a WST oh, ma- ma- he magic He says I can moment. show the picture. I didn't want to show, show the it picture. Without, uh, without permission. Well, hey, listen, Yin's calling the shots here. She sent it over. So we've got Yin and Randy. Look at this, WST getting together. Tim Hortons, got to love it. Look at those smiling faces, much like all the smiles now getting ready for, uh, ready Ready for marbles. Yin, thanks for that email. That was awesome. I've been meaning to mention that all week, and uh, great to see uh, you and Randy connecting. And obviously, Randy, was great to meet you at the uh, the WST event. Yin, we got to get you out to the next time we uh, we do that. You guys can be the start of a, a sport uh, trivia team for our next uh, sports trivia night. Um, all right. Well, there's only one thing left to do. It's Friday afternoon. we got a football game tonight. we got a hockey game tonight. we got to get on with the weekend, so that means it's time to drop the marbles. What uh, what track are we doing today, Reem? Okay, I tested a bunch earlier. That's part of my job on Friday. <laughs> Here, one sec. All right, I'll make sure that... So we've got 197 names in. Okay, right And on. the one that I tested, Heroic Outrageous Orbs. This I love one, the sound of this. This one was... I went to the community maps... Checked it out. This one was interesting. Has like, a good I like, finish. I like the sound. So uh, the majors, Heroic Outrageous Orbs, brand new track, sourced by the CTO, tested and approved, referred to as interesting. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, all right. Good luck to everybody in chat. 
And again, jump in if you want tickets to the Bomber game tonight. We'll send out emails after the show if you were a winner. Uh, this is wild. Looks like a bit of a, a Plinko, a Plinko start uh, to it. It looks like Vanishing Point. Oh, this is actually a wild one. Okay, who do we got here? We've got Tom Ramsey. Al Broderick's looking pretty good. Tom Ramsey with the great start out in first place. iHeart Gaming and Bobby B in the mix. There's a David. All caps Kyle's there. Who else do we have here? Bobby B, Frosty Winnipeg. Bobby B's in first. Bobby B, one of our favorites. Probably the biggest supporter of WST merch. Whoa! A bomb! Oh, but but you don't die. You don't get thrown over the top. All caps Kyle keeps on hitting those uh hitting those as well. What happened? There's some uh oh, where all the names go? Yeah, where all the, the names, names go. I hit something. There we go. There we go. The names are back. Names okay, are back. They're back. Oh. And Bozeman's at the front right now. Look at Shorn in contention. I don't Shorn's never won, but he's been in the mix many, many times. Greg M's done quite well before as well. I think Greg's a former winner. Todd 18. Oh, Russ Lowen just got bounced. Greg M in first. Todd Bozeman. B.A. Bodger. Or I thought it was Booger. Booger. I think it could be Booger. Not to be confused with Doug Bodger, former NHL defenseman. But here is Greg M with the lead. Michael Friesen, I think Timmy Two Shoes also looking right there. Sorry, Michael Pruden, I believe that number is. Uh, oh, and now we're going back up. This is quite the track. The heroic, outrageous orbs. Um, this is, is going to be a wild finish here, Huss. They got to go through these like orbs here and then uh, fall down to the finish over bottom left there here we go oh brennan dub and mitch just got bounced m sheldon these orbs are a bottle bottlenecking everybody keith barkman's in the middle of it who else do we have oh andrew no harris one's getting through this could be anybody andrew harris is getting ready to bull he needs some blocking he needs a little bit of blocking through these orbs i see tyson's there in the mix m sheldon bozeman where is it going to be? We got Shorn. We got Kelly Menard. We've got M. Sheldon. It's all coming down to this. This is this is an all-time track, I have to say. Bozeman is in first place. Could this be? Could this be? Bozeman! First ever win! The dub! Bets head-to-head versus Ross. Every single marble race. There's no doubt about who won it today. The Bozeman. First time ever. Marbles champion. What an incredible run. Uh, M. Sheldon in second. Katie Menard. Mike Lay. Fourth. Accountant to the stars. Josh Conway. Pretty in Pionk. Timmy Tushue. Cruiser 24. And Clausen. The top 10 of today. But, uh, I can tell you. And Shorn has entered the marble race from Europe, from Hawaii. I believe he entered from Vegas a few weeks ago. Uh, one thing that never changes, doesn't matter where he is, he's entering 
in the marble race. So, well done. First time victory in the heroic, uh, heroic outrageous orbs. We're definitely going to need to do that one again sometime. And Bozeman was the only one that got in under three minutes. 258, 308. And there you have the rest of the top 10. Michael Lay in at four, pretty in Pionk. And let's just roll down. Let's see how everybody else did today. If you're wondering what your final result was. Connor got in at 17th. Nicely done, Connor. Drew Music, 21st. Thanks again for those tickets, Drew. We'll get those out to a WS tier. Oh, look at Amanda, 27th. Nice little top 30 performance for her. SK, Tikota Poly, 34th. Quite good. We still haven't seen any of the... Uh, Mar oh, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey came in at 43rd. Not bad. Uh, the Wind Dog, Mike Wynn at 48. There's Yin. Yin Vivian at 53rd. Nicely done. T. Will. As we continue down here, there's the Comet. Phyllis. Well, Greg M. was there, but then uh, got, uh, got held up. There's our friend Amy Weeb. Hacksaw in at 27th. Boba Jett. Lori Love and Life, our guy Bravo Bra. Taylor Swift, 99th, came in top 100 performance. Not too bad, although 99th, but only 108 finished. Uh, and there's everyone else that got bounced. But uh, Bozeman, first ever victory. Congratulations. Congratulations, everyone. Um, good stuff, buddy. All caps, Kyle. Hustler, hope to see you later. Remo, you going? I will definitely be there. I will definitely be there. And uh, as I said, good luck to everyone. Oh, Gregory Liverpool, breaking news. The NFL has revised and reformed their gambling policy. Looking forward to uh, getting a little more yeah. information on this one. I'm just getting the alerts on that. Um, so they changed it. So if you bet on non-NFL sports reduced from a, sorry, non-NFL sports at the workplace Reduced from six-game suspension to two games. So Jamison Williams and another player who's been suspended uh, will be able to play now. And it just seemed like betting on a non-NFL sport from, I guess it was, yeah, the team hotel or something got suspended for that? Just, just No, I think it was the team facility. Oh, team. I don't know. Like they have, gambling ads 20, they have gambling ads 24-7. Like, I don't know. You can't place a bet on a non-NFL sport. So I guess because it's at the team facility. Whatever. That's As long as they're not betting on actual uh, NFL. So they yeah, had a bunch you know, of suspensions. I think some of them, like it was from, well, didn't some people get spent for betting on NFL at the team hotel? It, was that well, a thing? If they bet on NFL, if they bet on NFL, they were certainly getting suspended. Yeah, but no, bet you on something on else. Mars. Well, that's why Ridley got suspended. Because he's that was I mean that's the number yeah. one rule, don't bet on NFL. But if you're an NFL player, but like betting on something else from like a team hotel uh, seems like a dumb reason to suspend someone. But whatever. Um, right on, folks. Great stuff, T. Will. I beat T. Swift. I got the belt for the best T in WST. Come at me, Taylor. <laughs> oh, man. Lots of fun today. Lots of fun today. Um, shout out to everyone that uh, was with us. Thanks so much. Hit that red subscribe button. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Walk them through. Hell, grab their phone and subscribe on YouTube for them if you have to. We got to get to 10K for October 11th for Puck Drop. And uh, I will be doing that show from Calgary 
getting ready for the first game of the season. Really looking forward to that. All right, folks, have a great one tonight. Uh, if you're at the Bomber game, uh, say hi. If we if you bump into me, uh, if you're staying home, enjoy the hockey game, enjoy the Bombers, the Ryder Cup, NFL Sunday. Um, we'll have some hockey to talk about. We'll have a game on Monday in Calgary to get ready for, which from the sounds of Coach Bones is going to be uh, pretty much the lineup that they're hoping to ice. And then obviously one more game at home next week against the Ottawa Senators, which we'll be at as well. Um, and other than that, just have an awesome weekend. Go blue. Hopefully we'll be talking victory Monday on the program and then counting down to that huge game next Friday with the Bombers and the British Columbia Lions for supremacy in the West Division and the inside track on hosting the West Final. Thanks to our guests today, Ed Tate, Kenny Weeb, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, and all of you for making us a part of your day. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday right here on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.